Welcome to TCP, episode of 183, the show where you wish you were here for the one hour and a half podcast we had before this podcast. But uh, you'll never know what happened in that podcast now as we're here to talk about the upcoming summer showdown, the tournament, the top four. We have our teams. We got a good look at uh, both of the regions, both the knockouts there, excellent games across the board. Um, almost all five mappers as well, which is I think is a new thing. Like that's pretty wild. That almost has never happened, but it's been a week of, I think, exciting developments in the meta. I like where things are going and I like where the competition is headed. Yeah, we have been we have been spoiled with some of the most close games. Map picks feel the most impactful uh, than they have in a, in a long time. Yeah. Obviously, that probably isn't the case from a team level, but from the viewership standpoint, trading games back and forth, you know, definitely puts a lot of emphasis on on these map picks. So yeah, we we were spoiled. We were spoiled. Lovely, lovely set of games. Is that an underappreciated point that is not talked about enough? Where like when a team missteps in their map pick and whatnot? Because like in other esports, we have like pretty extensive map pick talks or or yeah. draft stuff. Um, doesn't seem to have arrived really in Overwatch much, right? No, because we never Only really get to settle in. Only in tournaments. Sure. Regular That's season, it. we don't get this. Yeah, we, we don't why. normally That's actually it. why That's actually why you only get the really good games and knockouts, not just because the better teams are playing, but because with map picks, teams can counter pick, and you, you end up going to map five more often because you have teams picking, you know, based on what they're good at, and you um, you have multiple map fives, and if you actually look at how the, the map fives broke down, it's commonly like, you know, in a pinstripe sort of pattern where one team's win one and the next one wins the other, the back and forth the back and forth. Sometimes it'll be two in a row, but you know, with with the way map picks go, even if you do lose one of your map picks, you go to your next map pick, you probably win that one and suddenly you're good to go. So we at the end of the day, map picks do give you the highest quality games. That's like an interesting topic I didn't even think about. I just yeah. remember now I'm like, hang on, that's that's actually how it works. <laughs> The four that is that is an interesting format discussion, but I genuinely do wonder everybody, you know, I'll break the fourth wall. Everybody in, in podcast and or YouTube land. This isn't some sort of, you know, algorithmic call to action, even though please click the ads, you know, like and subscribe, five stars, all that good stuff. Um if you have opinions on that, please reach out. Cause I don't either in Discord, comment section, whatever. Would would that change your appreciation of the league if the format changed? Not not to say that it correlates to any kind of like results, which it could, but would that change your enjoyment of the league if map picks were regular season wide as well? I don't I, I don't think yes, people would answer. have Do you think it would? Hmm. I don't just think inherently would disagree. I think part of the reason why map picks uh we're getting into this topic now apparently. The only, the real reason, well, I don't know the real reason. I think uh, speculatively, the reason why regular season has preset maps is mm -hmm. to uh, widen the variety of games. Because what you'll find is you release a map pool and teams will end up just picking the same maps over and over and over because maybe there's one globally oh, hated map, yeah, but no one, that's true. No one wants that to touch the, this map. That's and so in terms of variety and the viewing experience, if you're a viewer watching, you end up just seeing the same maps over and over and over because those, those are the maps that the teams like playing. Yeah. Um, and so the regular season map sets with the locked-in maps, that enforces variety because it means your viewing experiences are that you are seeing different maps because they're enforced. I think Can it's they also... just be stage by stage, though? Huh? 
I think it's mostly that teams would just cry if they had to prepare every map every week, right? Like, oh, well, it also that's the other thing. It does give you a little bit more stability and preparation because you know what maps you're going to have to play. So that actually helps teams a little bit. So you're not wrong. Um, also, if but... I am kidnapped by the rank queue every time and forces me into like a random map, which I always tend to hate, other than King's Row. I might as well see that in my esports games, right? Like, it's only fair. I think we had a good middle point. You get to see both. You know, you get the good variety in the regular season, then the ultra competitive games with the map picks in the knockouts and etc. So, I think we've reached a decent middle ground. If they, if we even need one, I guess we do, because there's good arguments for both. For sure. But, yeah. Not a deep topic. I think I think it's not a deep topic. I think like both both have their merits, and you know you want the close good games later, and you you can have some more memey stuff earlier with, with whatever maps. Um, and in some ways, it's not like the matches are lesser quality because if both teams know what to prepare for, ideally they should be more prepped than they would be for, you know, the knockouts. You could actually argue your counterpoint could be that while map picks make the game more coin flippy. Because that's why it just goes A team wins, B team, A team, B team, and then A team wins the last map or some some BS like that because it's just coin flip because people just pick maps they're good at. Um, that's just that's a bit of a rabbit hole though. As you know, really what this is is just to talk about the fact that we had some good five map series in our knockouts that we'll be covering in terms of how we got to our top four teams. This episode, some good previews in terms of what our expectations are for the actual summer showdown tournament matches coming up very soon and how we think yeah how, how stuff's gonna go what we're looking forward to but before we get any further guys episode 183 brought to you by our lovely patrons as always you guys are the best battle cram bo p bronze bot buhal chare chris r34444 fable steven hunter tain cash 67 lotion rick sane sir girth a lot wilma d yiskas all percentage shower gel and your misery thank you guys so much Let's get into the recap area first. So we had our knockout games. So in the past weekend, we had a, a ton of games. This last week of regular season play is always the most intense every single tournament cycle. Um, let's get into the Western region first, as we usually do. So we started things out with a lot of three zeros. We had Atlanta, London, three zero. Boston over Houston, three zero, which is probably one I want to get into. Washington, London, three zero. Gladiators Toronto 3-0, Atlanta Boston 3-0, so that's a 6-0 stay, uh, 6-0 finish for the Atlanta Reign. Dallas beating Toronto 3-1, so that was the first non-3-0 game, at least in the Western region. And then the five-man banger of Washington Gladiators, which had huge implications on Shock potentially still making it into the knockouts. And I believe either Washington or Gladiators needed to get a 3-0 here for Shock to sneak through in the sixth seed. But because they both took maps off each other, Shock's chances were dashed. And then you finish off the Western region with Dallas getting a 3-0 versus Houston. So Houston ends up 0-6 in their second week. Yeah, that's devastating. I will. I also tracked like a little bit of a development in, in terms of how the scores develop. And I mean, it's not that surprising that that pattern is there. But generally speaking, you see more 3 zeros the further you are into a tournament cycle. Meaning, in the first As teams week, get better and more refined, right? Like, in the first week, you will generally have less three zeros than you will have in the third week, because presumably, 
like there's a there's a um an advantage for worse teams to get maps off or upset better teams mm-hmm. um as pre already pointed out like I was just going to say, I think Free said that, but right, it's that is something I do that, agree with. That was something about like upsets generally, but it's also like that that very same trend that we assume to be part of like meta uncertainty also sees itself in the amount of th- uh, three zeros. Now, I think generally speaking, the wider player base or viewer base would probably like that to have less three zeros and more upset potential oh, and whatnot. Sure. So. I guess in that uh, department, like, Hero Pools delivers. Do they? Because you think you get more clown fiestas. Like, no one likes to see just train wreck games where both teams are Fair. confused. Fair. So, so you do and you don't. I think people do want to see clown fiestas. I think so that's you'd rather see, People would rather see... Yeah, no, you can't use a toilet bowl because that's a specific meme. When you have the absolute two worst teams playing each other in a toilet bowl, there is an inherent novelty there. But remove sure. that from the conversation. Look at two middle of the pack. If you get two middle of the pack teams mm-hmm. playing in a five map series where both teams are just confused, I don't think that's a good viewing experience. And you don't have the toilet bowl novelty to carry it through either. I would tend to agree, but I genuinely wonder what people would say. I think people like close games regardless of if it's good or bad. I think they just like parody. Yeah, very possible. It's. Also, also, a lot of people probably don't know what's good and bad. They just see exactly. white that, flashing up and yeah. Symmetra walls. It's close. There's a story. And... Which team wins? <laughs> you know, it's not clear. Dude, it's exciting. It's dramatic. The, the thing is, I think there's entertainment value beyond like what kind of feedback you will immediately get by watching like a terrible match, which is just like you know, like for the same reason you you can't look away from the car crash. Yeah, it's a Michael Bay movie, right? Like it's it's just I think there's genuine value especially like also in the contrast to the other games where maybe That's you're watching bowl. a good one. The yeah. toilet bowl is the train wreck that you can't turn away from because it's so entertaining. You know, watching watching the toilet bowl between the two worst teams is like watching any episode of the Kardashians. It's well, that's maybe not a good example because I absolutely do turn away from that. That's that's a level of train wreck I'm not even gonna <laughs> lay my eyes on. Right, or Survivor. And my virgin eyes can't handle that. Um, it's a season of Survivor, pretty much. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 and I had this interesting discussion as well. Um, I spoke to Kilios about this, and some other people, but okay. Uh, as even though we're not going to get into APAC talk just yet, so we're going to keep this dialed down until we get mm. there. But I have thoroughly enjoyed the Shanghai Three Zeros because despite them being stomps, seeing a team play so well, so coordinated, so well-oiled is yep. entertaining and thoroughly rewarding, even though it's a complete three-zero stomp. Yes, that's, so that's like, the difference. Yeah, it's there's rewarding. like another way you look at it, and it's just like, I don't know that looking at a low-value three-two is better than a high-value three-zero. Personally. Depends on what you're looking for when you watch the Overwatch League. Are you looking to be rewarded with good play and like diving into that? Or are you trying to be entertained? Well, if you're a fan of the team that's getting 0-3, you probably hate it. True. But I think if you but I think even those people should, I don't know, this is a big should mm-hmm. objectively look at it and say, like, yeah, but the other team, that was actually they were so good. Like, oh my god, you gotta be impressed by how good the other team was. Objectively, I'd like to imagine people could be like that, but you know, I think a some lot are. of fans probably would be too upset to get there, and that's then you know that's fine. It's there's nothing against that. It's just you know you naturally you wouldn't be too happy with your team losing, 
Uh, maybe for me, maybe I'm looking for something, you know. Uh, I'm just too, I'm too cultured to see three, two messy games, I guess. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm out there with my monocle, sipping my tea, looking at three zero stomps and, and admiring the beauty and how good some yeah. of these stomps are. Mm -hmm. No, it's like, I feel like it's it's important to have like a good mix of that. Like if everything was always close, yes, you agreed. would just dull to the experience as well. I love mm. a good stomp. Like it, my, one of my favorite things. Have you ever like looked at a sports like um, record and then compared it to whatever you are doing? Like it's really hard in in Overwatch. It feels like because yes, you can look at aim and say, okay, you're never going to aim like ants, right? Like this is impressive. Mm -hmm. The coordinative part probably very often goes past what you can really like compare yourself to, right? But sure. like to see like some someone like Houston get like three would by Dallas is really impressive. Like it's the same thing when I'm basically like when I'm think looking at my running times and then I think that whatever I run over six kilometers. Elliot Kipchoge, the guy that has the current marathon world record, yeah. runs twice as fast as I do, over 42 kilometers. I'm like, okay, this is impressive. And very much the same is true. Like, I can't know how much better, like, Sparkle realistically is. I don't know the, the, the times X, right? But mm -hmm. to see that they once again, like, gatekept... Um, Houston out of like going further is like and Houston is a good team right like we ha now have yeah, a benchmark yeah. where Houston is to once again do it to them is like super sweet to go they're just like at least 1.5 uh, x better than um than Houston is in in situations where it matters right right so in that way before it's we, a little sadistic before we get just, into I I do want to get into Houston discussion you want do yeah. you have something extra to add in the sadism department because I do oh, want to no, hear no. about that, Joe. It, it, no? it very no. much is just the flip side of the coin of, like, if you appreciate, you know, Boston and, and, and just Houston failing, like, there is a okay. flip side to that where it's just like, ah, yeah, like, you, you are rewarded because you see, like, a good team lose in a convincing way. It's just like... Okay. Hmm. There's something about, like, and this is where, to add to that as well, there's, there's something... The times where you really want to see a team lose is when, usually when it's, like, a really good team that's been too good. So, like... You know, I think last year and the year before when Shock was so damn good, seeing them yeah. lose at any point was like, oh my God, so exciting. Um, or it's like when there's a heel in the sport, like you, you have like a Conor McGregor that just lost. It's like, oh my God, so exciting um, kind of deal, you know? Uh, wow. That's what that's what, that's what what draws it in. Um, Did Houston break their ankle? Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Is that the analogy that we're going to? Did Houston just fall on there? You get their, you know, kick checked and just snap their ankle in half? Mm, not okay. sure. No, I, I mean it's the thing is like see I'm I'm the next level of jerk you know like everyone that goes like okay. oh, I I love like seeing the the best teams like also fall from from grace like everyone inherently feels that an underdog and so if the sure. guy at the top trembles oh it's so nice I get a great <laughs> feeling when when the lower guy gets absolutely ruffle stomped that's why I love the Atlanta. A London game, not because I hate London, but because I love people that expect upsets to be upset for their absolute pleb mentality of thinking that, uh, like enjoying. By the way, the greats falling is is like a, a personality. Do better. Like that is just like, 
<laughs> fucking terrible entertainment. Just get out. Like, Yusker is more cultured than you. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, 100%. That's, but that's what it, what's interesting about what you said. What's interesting about what you said is you'll notice that doesn't that line of that philosophy does not apply to the LA Valiant. You know why? Because no one expects them to upset. Mm-hmm. Yes. So no, there's no enjoyment from watching them get beaten up every week. In fact, I find it frustrating to watch their games. Um, and at this point, I've casted at least six of their matches, and it doesn't get any better. I think I had more enjoyment casting them earlier on, where I was like getting baited into thinking, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe they could be okay. Yeah, they took a map off of Chengdu, and they, oh, they're not the, they, they could be reasonable. Maybe they could not be the worst, but as the weeks go by, nope, they're the worst, and they're certainly just not going to win. And now watching them is like, I don't know. Have I moved on from pity? Because at one point it was like, you know, I've gone through the different phases of, mm-hmm. oh, maybe they could be okay to, oh, I just feel bad for them to now just be like, man, why are they here? Yeah. Like, this is just unbelievable. You know, this is just crap now. It's a waste of time. Waste of my time. Waste of people watching. Waste of time for their opponents playing them. It's just a complete waste of time for everybody. And that's even when, honestly, oh, I'm, I'm sliding back here, guys. Stop me. Hold me back. Um, when I when I look at stats or something like that, and you know, I hate to be a stat Steven about it, but they're sometimes they are doing okay. It's almost like if it wasn't for the fact that every other team is so much better than them, maybe they could be okay. But just as a team, they're just not, they're just not on the level, and there's no nothing. There's no redeeming factor there because you don't even have the London storyline. Where like, oh, maybe London could upset. That doesn't even exist for LA Valiant. So it's just a complete chore watching their games now. They don't have breadsticks. They don't have a sparker waiting in the wings to kind of come out and change the season around, even narratively. There's nothing. It started bad, it ended bad. Like, Yeah, at least for Vancouver, there's breadsticks, even though I think we're all tired of that meme. Oh, I'm over it, but people people eat it up. People want their carbs. Well, ironically, they're not eating the breadsticks at all, but I mean... They want to. uh, (laughs) They're eating up the meme. There's at least something. I think if Vancouver didn't have the meme going for them, it would be... Maybe Agreed. just the status of Valiant. 100%. So Valiant need a meme. I think we figured it out. They need a meme to get them through. And the Milan run banana thing is not, wasn't good enough. We need something more stick. ripe than that. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, it's just abject. That's for them like, to figure sadness. out. Dallas, <laughs> Dallas, Houston. Or just Houston. Houston Dallas, Houston. General, yeah. Or just Houston. We're going to get more into Dallas anyway as we, as yes, we get into the discussion right. about how they're playing. So maybe more Houston than Dallas for now. As... Um, how did they start? They had a very good... I'm pretty sure they had a good opening. Their first two matches were... Shock and Titans. Uh, of which they 3-0 Titans, expected. Yep. And then a 3-1 Shock, which... I think that was the game that baited everyone to believe, like, oh my god, Houston, they're going to be this like elite team. They beat the Shock, and now Shock kind of screwed, because that, that actually did screw the Shock a bit, because they lost to Gladiators. Mm-hmm. They beat London in a three and two, and that's that was the game, by the way, that baited all the London fans into believing that they could get an upset win. So there's like a double bait here. But San Francisco mm-hmm. baited the London fans, and Houston baited their own fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, as as you know, okay, well, Houston they they got the win versus San Francisco, and San Francisco won versus Paris. Um, and now I think if you look back on it, uh, you know, in the in the reverse mirror. You might look at this as being like, yeah, Houston is better than San Francisco, but San Francisco is also a struggling team. So mm. maybe that wasn't the most telling result. Or in fact, it was a quite telling result. It tells you that Houston is better than San Francisco, but San Francisco are probably a seventh place team currently. Yeah. Yep. And that so, era is yeah. done, though. I don't want to hear anything like 
any other opinions on this. Like, I don't care if they literally do the three-peat. Like, yeah, that, no. that, that's done and dusted. So even a literal three-peat doesn't save them now. No, <laughs> it's like the, the era is over and they then legitimately locked into a meta or like, um, I don't know. I just can't take that uh, season the same way. Like, it's the same as, as, like, it's probably worse than if Soul had won last year, right? Like, nobody legitimately believes that Seoul was the second best team in the no. Overwatch League last season. I don't know. Right? No. Right? Throughout the entirety, if you give them that book. You're, not even <laughs> you do, right? Avril? Okay. <laughs> He's He's okay. I mean, look. What do you, I don't know why you have to always drag me into these Seoul discussions <laughs> as if, like, I'm, I'm, you know. What, what, what do you, what? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, Soul, they're an all right team. And just by the way, I didn't even I I didn't pred Soul. You predated Soul, not me. That's all. That's true. Here. He's the only one I who predated Soul. So what do you guys want? Like, well, I can't, I don't know how this narrative. Okay, I do know how this narrative started because in the preseason, I put Soul quite high. I get it. Okay, cool. <laughs> but you know, as the seasons progressed, I learned, and apparently other people didn't. So, so what's your opinion of Soul now? Should we? Should we delay I'll that? I'll tell you in about I'll tell you in about fifty minutes when we get okay, to the right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. For all the people that just want to know my answer now, click the link in the description that, that takes you straight soul. to this whole discussion. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so essentially, what I'm saying is, I think there were some early results mm -hmm. where you know, and this is maybe a thing about only having four matches at a stage as well, but, but then one of them is versus Vancouver, which is always going to be a free win. So really, I think the whole Houston thing came off the 3-1 versus San Francisco. Then you get to their next week, and the real kicker was that initial 0-3 versus Boston. Like, whoa. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Uh, that shouldn't have happened. I yeah, think everyone should've... would have walked into the... Everyone, everyone except the most diehard Boston fans would have expected Houston to win that, ma yes, win yes. that match. Yes. Because you couldn't expect what they pulled out. Like, they return to this comfort style that, you know, Yiska has been kind of uh, tying together throughout the season. Um, this this idea that, you know, teams are trending to be and, and are accepting of their own individual styles rather than trying to conform to a meta. I know that sounds very hippie, but it, it is true, and it was very I much like evident in this match. Like, they... Boston utilized valentine's hero pool utilized you know their yeah their their edge case dive composition to really just force houston to either adapt to it which they couldn't figure out or or mirror it which they don't have the pieces to match them at, at every role let's say um i think the big one was the synergy between uh tracer which would have been happy at the time um and their main tank um, whatever that being ball or what have you i think happy just kind of looked out of sorts comparatively and you wanted dante on the tracer but you also want dante on, on the other picks whether it be echo or sombra <laughs> or what have you you can't have two dantes this is the first time i think people look at houston and be like man happy's the problem i don't know okay maybe that's not yeah. that's that's not a fair statement happy i don't know that he's a problem but this is the no. first time where you'd rather be like man i wish dante was playing happy's hero which mm -hmm. i think in may melee no one would have ever said it has always been, for the, for the most part, it's always been the reverse where, you know, 
happy has like his and it's not even just like it happy's bad that's that's definitely not the the takeaway i want people to take from this it's that houston lacks a little bit of depth and i don't think they were necessarily super prepared i think they were prepared to kind of play this you know rush down mirror they come out with a double shield if somebody was going to throw them like a wrecking ball look i think they wanted to play the torb and that was not what's you know boston threw them boston threw them something a little bit more i think akin to dallas where it's like the six man all in dive it's not exactly six man but it kind of feels that way um they have like very telegraphed wind conditions with the genji blade yeah it's i mean dallas does as well later on but we'll get to that um it's it, it was not something they were prepped for so it's a little lack of depth it's a little uh underprepared just because again boston kind of threw i think boston this this stage for the summer showdown has been a team that has been throwing some very weird looks and being very early to meta trends which i'm excited to kind of follow through the rest of the season with hopefully they can maintain that but hero pulls obviously is a little hard um but yeah houston there's there's a lot of things that went wrong for them um, I don't think anybody was kind of predding them versus Dallas. Um, I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I felt like that was kind of expected. Maybe giving them a map, but uh, well, I gave I gave Dallas um, the pred, but yep. I think I bought. I don't know. I I drank the Kool Aid. I drank the Houston Kool Aid. Um, off of one game. Shame on me. I know. Say it. We'll we'll get we'll get that out of the way. Shame on me. I got baited by the three one versus San Francisco, just mm. like all their fans did um and then punished straight away from that 03 versus boston um uh, but i'd already i even with the call aid i still locked in dallas because yeah. I, I i my gut feeling was that dallas was going to be the better team and then they were frankly the much better team uh i am maybe a little bit surprised that houston didn't run as much sombra based compositions yeah when you have dante on the team mm-hmm. now my theory for that and my speculate that part of the reason for this is i don't think they have a capable enough tracer to match dante because Dante needs to be your Tracer player, but he is also your Sombra player, yeah. and he's also your Echo player, and he's yeah. also your X Y Z player, yeah, yeah. and he's your, also yeah. he's, he's your, your flex. Just keep listing the heroes. He's all of these players. Yeah. Um, and I think this team, I don't think embarrassment or riches is the right way to say it. Let's just say at one point they had five DPSs, but it still mm. feels like you want to copy Dante and clone him. Yes. You, so you have five DPSs, but you still feel like you don't have enough DPSs. Does that make sense? That's that's like a weird place to be. You know who's also the meta, right? Like you, I think there's, yes, there's the meta other hurt teams, them. Like teams, other teams could easily fall into that same situation if other meta compositions with DPS combinations were the case, right? Like it's un- well, it should have been Dallas, but somehow they got over it. But they're special. Yeah. They're exception. They're the exception to the rule. Yes, but I think that happens to other teams as well. Unless you have like super flexible, like unless you're like Shanghai, who have like two swiss army knives in every position basically sure um, it it felt like not to completely cut you off but it felt like there was a fork in the road meta wise like in the meta game there was like very clearly two separate ways you could go and it didn't feel like houston played into the avenue or the sub avenue that really kind of suited them i think if they were to run or to have committed a lot of practice towards the like the may rhine rush I think that would have suited them. I think you can move happy onto McCree if you play any kind of like dive uh, matchups. Um, and if you play the mirror, then you're okay with the mirror because you have Dante. Like it, maybe happy Sim isn't all that bad or all that good, but I, I, I find that hard to believe. 
Um, yeah, I, I think there was can like I, a meta fork. Can I be honest? Ironically, you say fork when we say when we look at a, when we we talk about like a fork in the road, it usually pertains to like two paths, right? Yeah. I think there were three paths. Which the irony there is like in a in a fork on the table, there's the three of the you know three of the fucking sure, yeah. Um, what I'm trying to get to is I think there was a third composition that mm -hmm. Houston were banking on that ended up being the bait composition that they took. Yes. Um, and I, you can't blame them for it because no one knows. No, you don't know until you start losing with it. Right. Um, and that was a double shield. And so what we ended up with in this meta, it was either ball somber dive, yep. sim may TP brawl, yep. or double shield. And Houston were like, we're going double shield. Mm. And that ended up being the one, in my opinion, and maybe you know people might debate me on this, um, that ended up to me being the composition that was the weakest of the three. Mm -hmm. So Houston... Perhaps unlucky. Maybe they felt like that was where their strength was based on hero pulls. Sure. Um, and maybe it was too late to pivot. But I think if they had a capable one of Tracer alongside Dante, they could have played potentially the ball somber dive. I don't know if, if Jungle or Dreamer have a good enough ball, but I, I think a lot of NA teams kind of lack the ball supremacy that APAC has. Um, but maybe, maybe you're right, Joe. Maybe they could have gone towards uh, make some TP brawl instead, but they it seemed like that was even made perhaps a bridge too far. I would love, and I this is probably in like not feasible at the moment. We're you know more than halfway through the season. I would love to see Houston make a play for Tayo. I genuinely think what? he for for Tayo for making making oh, right, a buyout right. agreement for the shock. Somebody who doesn't see a ton of use probably wants to see some play time. Obviously, you know, is, is moving to another good team. Um, I, I think Houston making a play for Tayo, either now or in the postseason, makes a lot of sense, especially from the argument that we're, we're he brings what? that tracer. He, he brings, I think, the the thought process for him on on the shock in general when he was first brought in last year was that he was going to give them at least a little bit more flexibility at projectile, and I do think he can play that. Um, I think that he builds out the, the Houston DPS. It gives them a little bit more depth so that if you run into these instances where you want to play like the Tracer Sombra, you can. You can put Dante on Sombra. You can put Tayo on Tracer. If you need a Tracer player to be able to play the Ash, to be able to play some hit scan, Tayo can do that as long, you know, maybe a little bit better than Happy if it's not necessarily a, a dedicated mid to long range meta, right? Where it, like McCree is a lock and you don't really move off of him. Or Ash is a lock, and you don't move off of her. Um, you, probably, I, you probably have the most faith in Tyre than anybody yeah, out there right now because I, I don't even know what he. I don't even know what Tyre plays I, anymore. I don't know what his hero pool is. Legitimately, agreed. I think he's he's you know outside of the realm of you know players that people really want to see. But I think he deserves a chance. I think he kind of is another aspire type character that really never got a shot. That you know fits well within Houston um or or ideally you know strategically speaking could fit well within houston and i think would do you know both parties some good what why not just go the aspire route then you could do that too like 100 you could like this guy is about to be off his second extension sure. right like with a, a yep. break break week i think that lines up like if you just offer him a better contract than whatever bank uh sorry toronto is able to do why not he can play remotely, right? Theoretically, could do. Um, yeah, I think totally. that's it's not only more proven, but like 
I don't know, it feels just safer and more in the profile of um of Houston to have someone like Aspire and then um then uh Tayo. I don't know. Like that's such a big gamble. I'm not even sure like if the trace is at all up to snuff. I'm not sure if it's actually better than happy, uh, what Happy could be bringing to the table. Um, Can I? Yeah. My honest approach to this is that I think Houston should have looked internally instead of, well, we're, we're speaking hypothetically here. They obviously sure. haven't looked at it. We don't know, but we are clearly they haven't looked at another player to, to put onto the roster, at least we assume. Mm. Um, but I think the internal look is important here. Where you look at the other Texan team, I mean, damn, they wrote the blue the the blueprint on this. Where it's yep. just like, hey, they are a team that lack a lot of hero pools. I mean, they they are one of the most homogenous teams in the league. People, by the way, stupidly have combated me on this. I'm like, go and look at their comps, and don't tell me that Sparkle going Doom and Genji oh, we'll every now and then oh, we'll get to it. It doesn't. They play the same comp. This is not necessarily criticism. It's just me being factual yep. because they, there's a lot of deluded people out there that don't realize that Dallas play like one comp. Yep. But my point there is, it means saying that it's not the, the not necessarily a bad thing, is that Houston could look to them and be like, hey, we we lack some things as well, and we can take the Dallas fuel approach. And just play to our strengths, which is maybe what they were doing with the double shield thing. Like I can commend that. And they may be saying, well, if we are looking internally and we are saying what are our strengths, perhaps double shield's the answer. Um, and it didn't work out for them this meta. Sure. But if they had gone towards the whole Sim May thing, uh happy on Sim Dante May, which they did play by the way, and they go harder into the Jangu Ryan where he did reasonable on that in May Melee, and we're back into a Ryan meta. I would have expected that Houston on a Ryan meta should be far better and at the start it did look like that versus san francisco but mm. um they just couldn't carry that through the finish line i don't know i i think i if i had to guess and again this is speculation on my half um i think the double shield the torb um some you know mid long range hit scans i think those are looks that to me signify like this this trend in na um at least with maybe the teams that houston was scrimming that there was like a dive bubble that was kind of colliding with them and their answer to it in a reactionary way uh, was this double shield. And they, I think they found a lot of success with it. And I think they felt like it was safe rather than something that they were, you know, super uh, ready to weaponize and just kind of run people over with. Um, I, right. I, I got the sense, especially early on in this season that Houston was going to be the team that really kind of, um, I, I remember their, their Hanzo look in the main melee um right there's some other picks out there i think you know inserting of jake was kind of interesting on certain picks maybe that could have been utilized a little bit more but even then it's tough because obviously he's juggling coaching and playing and that can't be easy but yeah i i do have to bring you know i i do draw my eyes to their depth at least right now i don't know if yeah. the next hero pool is going to leverage that as much but i think the the, the moral of the story here is that there was a little bit of a, a lack of depth for Houston. Not a bad team, but just the reason uh, why they got kind of clapped later on. We'll move on from Houston because we've been we've been here for a while now. And um but I, I think it's Yeah, go on. Like I think a big talking point also needs to be Juby's uh brigades. Because mm. like I think I think a lot of Opponents were surprised that they were running breadcrumbs with Jubian and not Jake. Um, mm. And just statistically speaking, that seems like a mistake. 
And I, th I think that could be a play that either speaks to flexibility, like maybe you need or you bank on having to play Lelouchia as well, mm -hmm. or you want to give the guy some playtime, which pays off for you later in the, okay. yep. in the season. Can I, can I be real? I, I think you shouldn't swap the Lucio break roll into two people. Some teams are doing that, and you're the obvious one people got to bring up, like, oh, skewed Brig. Yeah. What about Moth and Skewed? But I'm like, but I don't think that's good. I think you mm. want one play in the support role to cover both those heroes. Right. Like, you don't see Shang... Oh, okay, mate, this is the worst example, but you don't... You want, like, a Lee J gone. Oh, just get Jay, just get Lee sure, J gone for yeah. him. No, I'm not saying that. But, like, ideally, you want one player that is just excellent on both. And I even think Philly swapping time between Toby and Astro is maybe a mistake there as well. Um, I just... I don't know. There's another point to that, and if you... I, I've heard that maybe the team has a better look leadership-wise with Jaken. I don't know if this is like a confirmed thing or if anyone else wants to speak to this or if anyone else has looked further into this because I haven't looked further into this. But um, Houston with Jaken from a leadership perspective, cleaner than Houston without Jaken. Yep. Yeah, maybe? I think it's it's with a lot of a lot of teams. Uh, I think you aptly, you know, Mark Glads is a similar team. I think both teams um lack that leadership lack that cohesive you know shot calling um comp switching um you know positioning i think even even the glads perspective being a little too aggressive sometimes with skewed um kind of just all inning with their supports whereas um somebody like moth maybe is a little bit more measured maybe the inverse for houston where they they, they don't have that adaptability that that kind of pilot at the head of the you know the mech that is you know able to be able to survey the battlefield it's it's it, it is an intangible it is kind of a narrative but i do think there is something to that role that you need within a team perpetually you can't just remove uh, that by the way what did i hear from you go yusuke i'm trying to remember where i heard the whole that entire thing from anyway none of the maps that gladiators won in the knockouts were with moth now were with moth yes. that doesn't mean that moth is a bad player or anything that probably no. just means like either the the reintegration doesn't work that well or they're just playing worse with uh lucio comps right that's yes. very likely to be the case but it speaks towards like there be being a stark departure where you have to ask like is the specialist actually working out right like what are you losing in the process of s swapping someone out in, in that position right and i i, I sadly forgot to ask this because i was trying to or was meant sure. to in the post match with moth but i'm interested if these if these people that have these niche positions like let's say juby let's okay in juby's case it's pretty obvious but like is jake for instance currently learning lucia as well or is moth also still learning brigitte or is scoot learning uh lucia right like sure is it not the the goal to make one of the starters obsolete that seems way more workable to me, especially in these uh, high flex positions. So, like the same, like otherwise you will run into these incompatibility issues where, um, in a meta as fluid as we are playing them at the moment, you mm -hmm. will like on a map by map basis. That's not even the big problem, but like in inner map issues where you would want meant to switch styles. Either if it's between uh, defense or offense, or like between map locations, you cannot do so effectively, right? Yep. Without losing a bunch of power towards your execution. 
And yes, there's something something to be said. Like I think one of the biggest problems that Outlaws has is that they are too defined and too limited in a lot of these situations. Like you want Django probably like um it's it's hard to say, but the the Django Dreamer situation doesn't seem clean to me. Yeah. Then you want Piggy on Sigma. He's definitely stepped I think Dreamer's benched now. And on everything else, right? Like yeah. then Sigma. Then you have the Dante situation where you want him to play everything. You want Happy to be only in for his snipers predominantly or the hard hit scans at least. Then you want like Jake in only for Brig and like the only one that can play everything seems to be Crimson and Dante. And it's like, mm. is that enough for your staple? While in Dallas, they have like three players that played the entire season uh, in terms of hours. Like Doa, Fearless, and Fearless. I'm pretty sure. Um, Hamden? Oh, yeah, it might be Hamden. Might be four people, actually. What? They don't yeah, have another flight tank, so it has to be Hamden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it have to be Hamden. yeah, yeah. So, like, that, that that's a different makeup. And that speaks also towards, like, smaller rosters, maybe. Even though, like, you can have bigger rosters, just don't play the rest well, much, right? Well, they're forced to. They're forced to in a way where the only sub they have is feel the repel. And Rappel hasn't played for such a long time now. Yeah. Um, it's likely he won't. Yeah, he probably foreseeably, because Field is doing such a great job. Yeah. Uh, why would you have Rappel back in? Unless um well, actually you would if you played double flex support, but we yeah. currently don't have one of those metas. Who knows? Maybe Countdown Cup bans could could get could that be. one in there, depending, but playoff um, patch. Uh we don't know. We don't know. It's all speculative. Right now, I think teams, in my opinion. And again, this is this is not a good example because I'm about to talk about Dallas and Shanghai and, you know, people are going to come at me with, oh, just be Dallas and Shanghai for here. But what I'm really trying to get to is those are the teams, like what is consistent here between those teams is they have um, a clear starting lineup, especially in Shanghai's case where they actually have a big bench, a big enough bench. They don't have a huge bench where they got two extra DPSs and another flex support for a double flex support meta. Uh, so the only thing Shanghai really have over Dallas is the two extra DPSs. And, and Dallas still have Pine on the way. So what I'm trying to get to is they have a clear starting lineup that is good enough to just play what they need in any meta, um, or at least in in what they perceive to be the meta and what they need to be good at, or especially in the case of Shanghai, even shifting during a tournament in Jun Joust was crazy. So you don't have this weird situation where like, oh, Lee Jagon plays Brig, and now this guy comes in. Well, you don't have a weird situation where, like, oh, Iziaki only plays Zen, and now Molly comes to play Anna. Like, that just mm. doesn't happen. Um, and I think that's a good... Now you are building synergy with a specific team. You have building better coordination. You're better, building better standards in terms of, you know, what what is this team doing with its starting lineup rather than not quite playing musical chairs. It's not a fair statement, but... You know, we're heading towards that territory if you have too many quote-unquote specialists on the team. I think the only role where you where you really want to have a specialist is probably DPS because the DPS pools are so large that you almost have to. But beyond that, like tanks and supports, you should just have one tank and you one tank and one support in each role that just plays what you need to play in that position, in my opinion. Yep. And if you have a depth issue, and this is this is going to sound really dumb, um, but I think you have to kind of impose your own stylistic will in a way um, to kind of meet your tanks and supports where they are rather than trying to force your core of four. Shout out to the, the real ones who get the get the Yiska reference um, that 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 need to be the core that have to be the pillars that make up that style. Um, 
I think that's where Overwatch is headed, and it's it's only going to continue into the Countdown Cup, into the playoff patch, and into the future. Like you need a stable foundation to work from. All right, now we're gonna uh, we kind of talked about Glads already. Well, we kind of started talking about Glads. We're gonna do that properly now. We're talking about the whole Moth skewed thing. Um, one area that I do enjoy from Glads outside of the Moth skewed thing is I actually think the way they're rotating the DPS makes a lot of sense, and their DPSs for the most part are very flexible, especially when you look at Kev's Tamara, like, damn, that's a good duo. But then mm. even, you know, what Bertrand brings to the table is great as well. Um, you're seeing a lot more mirror this stage, and I think a lot of that is due to the fact that Mirror's got the type of hero pool where he does the echo as well. Yeah. And then on top of that, he's your best doom. Uh, and he's got a lot of the flex pick, the same flex picks that Kevster has, but it complements Kevster. I think I said this on a previous episode of TCP, so. that the Kevster mirror duo is very similar to the Doha Sparkle duo because they're both flex DPS players that are complementary hero pools. And that's, that is like a nice way of saying they have overlapping hero pools as well. What I'm saying is like, you can be very flexible in terms of who plays what, because they both play very similar things. And then you have a doom, a kind of doom-ish, like a light doom meta. And I say light doom meta because only the teams that believe they have an elite tier doom are actually playing the doom. That's mm. not like a real doom meta because a real doom meta, everyone would be playing, playing it no matter yeah. what. But here it's just like, no, we have a mechanical god on Doom. We're going to do it because we can or because we believe it's going to. So you have Sparkle and Mirror uh, primarily rolling out the Dooms. And the other reason why you have a light Doom meta is because we have a Sim meta. And a Symmetra meta is always going to bring out the Doom. You know, it's, it's just the law of nature, you know, uh, the law of ecology where you, you have an over uh, population of Symmetra. So the Doomfist population is going to be there to meet them and prey on the Symmetras as is the lore of the jungle. Or work with them. Repositioning without having to burn any kind of your, work, your abilities. Work with them to kill the other. Exactly. Typically. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. They, they enable each other in weird ways. Um, and Muse, as well as bringing a lot of different looks on the tanks, as you should be, you don't have like a ball specialist on the team. Mm. And gladiators have a lot of different looks. And I actually think, you know, we'll, we'll transition to this to some justice conversation as well. But I think Gladiators and Justice have very similar teams in a way where they're both able to change between these different comps. They don't feel like they're tied down necessarily like we must play Brawl or we, we must be a double shield team or we must be a dive mm -hmm. team. Glads and Washington to me are both very flexible. And Glads especially have shown me a lot of different looks over the stage um, to in terms of, especially later on, uh, in terms of how flexible they can be. And that entire Washington Glads matchup was a bit of a battle of flexibility as well because both teams ran a lot of different looks. I think the real uh, thing about Glads that really shook things earlier on was that 3-2 reverse sweep versus Paris that we covered last week. And they had to do a bit of a bounce back this week. They still finished 2-2. Two and two, And then they snuck through with a better tiebreaker versus San Francisco. A team that they beat. So Shock were kind of screwed in that matter because Glides already beat them. So Glides were probably good no matter what. But they do squeeze through on a succeed. And when I say squeeze through, I mean squeeze into the knockouts. Obviously, they didn't make it further than that. But I'm not disappointed with what I saw at Glides. And there's this whole... Reddit narrative of like anytime Glads lose, everyone calls for DPay to be fired. I'm like, guys, this is <laughs> so extreme and hyperbolic. Can you not accept that? Maybe Glads actually played a phenomenal game and Atlanta mm. were just the better team. Atlanta were a phenomenal team as well. Yep. Either team could have gone to Hawaii. Yes. Either team could have gone. 
and it just so happens to be Atlanta. I don't think you have to. Every, I think if you look at this in a, a vacuum, be like, oh, if Glads lose, then the flowchart says 5 DP. You just got to do that, right? That's not that's not how it works, in my opinion. You have to actually look at this game and look at how good Glads were. That's kind of where we're at with like coaching, and it's a fun topic to kind of get into outside of this podcast. I will put a pin in. Um, when it comes to like coaches of the year or coaching staff of the year, if you want to kind of change the uh, the title of it, um, I, I think you can at this point throughout Depay's career say that he is probably one of the most creative coaches um, that Overwatch has. Um, he's always not necessarily meta defining, but finds interesting ways to operate in a meta, whether that's uh, bizarre ways on how to use your sim tp not in a bad way just you know interesting ways that i don't see a ton of people use um utilizing mirror in the best way that he can with this sim tp uh trying different kind of flank shatter methods whether it's sending everybody through or just sending you know muse through i think for glad specifically they're really close genuinely really close to being a, a extremely good team and i to kind of circle back to the support discussion i do think that if they had moth in full time and i get that it's probably too late now i think there's probably a lot of like sunken cost with how much time they split with moth and skewed practice wise leading up to this point it's probably hard to argue but if they started with moth um kind of operating in this runner-esque position where he can kind of be that like vocal figure within the team that can kind of keep everybody's you know level-headed um yeah, I, I do believe that Glads could be the team that goes to Hawaii. I think it's just little things, little things at like the top of that stack where you're stacking up all the different kind of books and knickknacks and all these little things. It's just the stuff at the top that's just slightly askew. Um, they're they're really close, and I, I like what I'm seeing from them. For the most part, it's just like little positional things or or little mistimings. Or, or bird ring missing this hack or or getting caught out or or running through the tp it's not him specifically but just using him as an example it's Oof. it's the, the most it's it's a game of inches right now for them you know what the answer is the top level of na like between like the top three top four maybe is actually pretty stacked it's tight yeah it's um, tight. and so it's like yeah okay two of those teams are just not gonna make it i'm sorry and unfortunately dallas has just not made it because atlanta were on their game on that last map and on several other maps as well but they also weren't when gladiators were winning. It's just like, you can't, I feel like some of their fans have placed some unreal expectations. You have to understand, I think glads are, are going to be a lock for playoffs. Like they're going to, they could oh, yeah. be, they're going to be uh, one of the teams easily making play-ins at minimum, but there's a non-zero chance, especially if they ride the wave of Houston looking a little bit shaky. Again, count the cups going to shake up everything because we don't know the hero pool is. Okay. The glads could sneak in for a top three here, as could justice, as could outlaws, as could rain. So I think, um, you know, the, there's like five teams out of those and the field out of those five teams. I've conveniently left out the shock, by the way, um, out of those five teams, like three of them are, are to me are a lock for an instant birth into playoffs. And Glads could easily be one of those teams. And maybe then they could do that without even making the countdown cup, by the way. Mm. Uh, so I think Glads are on, on their way. I think this is actually an incredibly good team. You know what's yeah. really so, fun I'm about this schedule is like their direct opponent for that slot as you said is houston now these teams play the same opponents not in the same order and at the end they play each other so that's pretty uh, fun whoever gets in in the end like probably deserved it the most right like that's that's a really like nice like spurt towards direct qualification like top seat um if we assume that's going to be the case uh mm -hmm. and i guess we haven't announced the 
the final format yet, even though I think uh, Mr. X sort of spoiled that surprise a little bit uh, somewhere. So, yeah, that I, I mean, it, inherently, this is going to be like a super tight race at the end. Not sure if the order of operation matters too much, also because it's actually like they're playing Mayhem on the same weekend, on the last weekend, and then they're playing each other on the on that weekend. And then one team plays, so Outlaws plays Justice first, and then mm -hmm. Atlanta, and for Gladiators it's the other way around, right? Mm. So it's not too different. And they it's play actually the same like, teams on the same weekend. Yes. So it's reasonably the same, right? Like, it's it's actually really nice how that turned That's out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yep. Also, theoretically speaking, dude, okay, it's got... He is. It's actually a little bit more exciting than that as well, because if Atlanta beats Chengdu, which I assume they will, then they are sitting at... Don't let me lie... Uh, Would it be... Um... Nine league points, right? That is on par with the other two teams. So, while having won two less games the regular season as well, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah. yeah, just those two Hawaii trips, man. <laughs> so then, they also have a pretty similar schedule to to the others, where they play Gladiators, they play Houston as well. So they have the direct comparison there. Then they have also Mayhem. They unluckily also have Fuel. So. I mean, they have a murder stage, all things considered, for Rain. That's probably why they're also less likely to make it top three. But it's still very possible, especially if they get like an upset victory uh, on either Shanghai or Dallas this weekend, right? Sure. And get like the double points, direct qualification to the final or something like that, right? So, yeah. Could be the play. Um, let's also briefly touch on well actually we, we should probably talk about um washington a little bit here as well and who who else played in this stage it's probably um a decent shout let me just go over the schedule again so we also had um on the western side just because we don't need to go over every single game but i think we go we talk about washington a little bit and then we move on to um potentially a quick shout to Boston and then we get into the real Dallas Atlanta type of discussions as we get into you know the the actual knockouts that happen but um yeah I mean Washington started to make a real big comeback the stage after a bit of shakiness previously I think the real kind of disappointing result for them that they would feel sad about um is their 0-3 to Atlanta and mm -hmm. a lot of this is just you look Atlanta are just monstrous right now aren't they so it's like hard to Hard to look at that and be like, well, I mean, you're upset, but you can't be too upset as well. I think Atlanta were one of the two teams to be. They've really done some massive catch-up to, to be the team next to Fuel right now. Um, but Washington honestly had a pretty good look now, and we can transition transition to this discussion into the actual knockouts where you had Washington-Paris, which ended up being a very close game, super tight game. I actually reviewed that game today on my stream before I came to the recording for this show. Okay. And in that particular game, I, I felt like watching it, as much as people say, like, yeah, Paris came really close, I didn't feel like Washington were out of control. Even when Paris were up 2-1, and one, watching the two teams play, I feel like Washington was generally more dynamic, uh, more at higher initiative, at better tempo control. Um, they were the more coordinated team at various parts as well. And Paris were 
despite being a head, not not a lock into me. Like I don't I don't set it that two one was. I know it's easy for me to say because I already knew the result beforehand. Sure. But objectively speaking, when I look at it and I see the two one, and I I finish watching Hollywood at that stage, I'm not thinking, oh man, Washington are screwed. There's no way they can win this now. Objectively speaking, obviously again the context is I did know the result, but I mean, and that then you see the Route sixty six game and mm. Paris really looked lost on that map. They were slow. They were indecisive. Um, they had poor objective control and they kind of got ran over there. And then, you know, eventually Washington just kept on taking control. And this wasn't even like some superstar decay performance or anything like, like that. I think Washington just hit, just, just we're hitting on all cylinders more than Paris were generally speaking. Yep. I think the one big thing that I was not seeing from Paris, um, with that we did see later or earlier on this this uh the stage in the summer showdown um was their their kind of more creative looks um i think that did kind of shake the balance for a lot of teams and i think that could have been what uh swung the tide uh in this washington game especially on control i think on route 66 it's a little bit harder to argue um but if memory serves i think they were trying to run double shield on it earlier think about that what you want um, but I think there is something to Paris. I believe Paris, not in this match in particular, but earlier on this All season, right. I think in their reverse sweep, but I could be wrong. Um, it might've been on icon wall now that I kind of think, um, but I think control on Busan, I think there are arguments to be made for, for some different looks that they could have thrown out that may have thrown Washington off their game, maybe disrupting the tempo or the, 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 the natural rhythm that they kind of settled into. Um, that that they've they've shown right. Paris have shown to be a little bit gladiators esque with this, you know some of their looks, where it's not necessarily the meta or or what we're kind of establishing as the standard meta, but they're they're kind of throwing odd little pokes and odd little jabs that I some think of the throw looks a lot are of people good. Agree. Some of the looks are good. I I looked at that match and look, this is in a vacuum. I haven't reviewed mm -hmm. that many Paris games to be fair, so that that's the caveat we'll throw in. Sure. And maybe there are better Paris examples of better games they play with Ball Sombra. I did not enjoy their Ball Sombra versus no. Washington. No. I thought it was not coordinated. And and this is by the way because I I've been spoiled by Chengdu Shanghai Ball Sombra, yes. which is very coordinated. And going from that to this, and that's not saying Washington's Ball Sombra was it was super Any coordinated better. either. Yeah, it was, no. But it was. Well, I mean, it was better. It was better than Paris's. Sure, that's, fair. that's definitely going to give them a win. Like Mag Assassin did a better job than Don uh, Naga for sure. I think. I think Naga. I am the ball aficionado, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Naga. I, Naga Summer to me left a bit to be desired. Um, but then again, maybe I'm just spoiled by Lip again. So it's just it's just too much Shanghai that has spoiled the broth. Really, you've you've tasted the soup of the gods, and it's just everything else beyond that is just rubbish, isn't it? So. Uh, but what I'm trying to get to is, mm. yeah, I, I, I think Paris, uh, maybe they could have been a little bit more vertical in their pillar. This is like almost the opposite of Houston, where they were super vertical in one pillar, and then that that crushed uh, the crash down because they chose the wrong one, sadly. Paris kind of perhaps maybe um, hedged their bets and, and never got good enough at one comp. They, they tried playing too much, and they looked too average on all of them. And you'll you'll say to me, but hang on, didn't they still win two maps versus Washington? Yeah, I'll give that to you. But for example, I think Washington could have won Hollywood. I don't think Paris getting that full hold was a given. I think Washington sure, could have yeah. absolutely have captain won Hollywood. Yeah. So that's not even like you know you can't just go onto Liquipedia and just click the result and be like one zero, haha, Paris better team, boom, and just put that up. No, it's not. If you actually look at the map, I think it was very warm for Washington, and yep. they let it slip through their fingers. Uh, 
So yeah, I, I think uh, the one area Washington here's the criticism is I don't think Mag on the Rhine is that good to me because and this is the this is the contention. This is my hot take of the week because people are gonna be like, well, well didn't Mag diff fearless? That's the narrative. Yeah. That's the current Reddit <laughs> narrative. To me, I think Mag is going too ham. I think he's channeling too much bumper, and it's it's punishing their team because, I've, especially versus Paris. I mean, look, Mag's Mag on Hollywood was at points just actually feeding um mm. his ryan goes so deep and his team is not there and like bro why are you standing here right now like he is going for like very specific pins that was a hanamura game as well they played yeah on yeah. hanamura he went for a pin that was like bro if you fail this pin you are in the middle of nowhere and you are dead and the only reason that pin worked is because he landed on the sim perfectly there was naga and then he f off that pin kill, he got a shatter. If he doesn't get the pin kill, he doesn't get a shatter. And then he just three he 180 shatters, and he's praying that Don doesn't have a shield up. And it just so happens that Don didn't have a shield up. So, so many things through almost it's partial RNG and partially him, you know, calculating the risk. I'll give him, I'll throw him that bone, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But there's enough risk in there that I don't think it was worth taking because all needed to happen was he doesn't get the pin or Don holds his shield up, and that entire play doesn't happen and he looks like a fucking feeder and we're having a different discussion yeah i mean if you disagree with avril i think he has a beautiful clip that highlights this granted it's a play-in game um but but i think it's uh justice on nepal village and mag is rounding the corner uh, and just gets was, eliminated i mean that just his, gets obliterated i don't know if that's his fault though like i i don't think the burst is his fault but rounding the corner into a you you know the mirror matchup is doesn't hold up a shield he, he has, doesn't shield. shield he doesn't shield he just he rounds the he corner swinging for some reason. he chooses not to shield around in the corner there's no reason not to have your shield up there sure it's it's greedy you know there is a risk it that you greedy, could be yeah. bursted not that fast right i don't think anybody's looking at that like it's yeah that's probably a world record of how quickly somebody dies but taking that much on the chin as as much as that's going to be taken out of context like that's a lot of greed just to be rounding the corner swinging like that's that's a little egregious and i think that speaks to avril's point that he's being a little bit too aggressive however to kind of defend him for a moment i think justice needs a direction to go and if that is forward okay fine i think we just need to dial it back a little bit because one of my big criticisms for them has been their separation they seem to be kind of directionless they don't know where they're going mag's going one way decay's going in like there's there is a separation so they're if it is going to be that. forward mag it, is still going one way and he's <laughs> going in bumper style and feeding that's still happening but i think the the criticism that i would give is that teams need to kind of follow him in like the team has to commit to that and there isn't um a, a full trust in that just yet he is uh, a little aggressive, but I think if we dial a it back... A little aggressive, all right. Yeah, a little, a little. A little. A tad smidgen. Just a smidge. <laughs> um, oh, you're so nice today. Oh, yeah, I what's know. going on? What's just wrong a, with you? Just a peachy, peachy, peachy boy. Um, the, uh, the only other thing that I'll say on, on Justice Paris is that I think um, if we could draw into question the Hollywood game, I would draw into question Honda Murray. I think Paris underplayed that really hard. Um, I was not a fan of Oni God um, in his TP usage. I was not a fan of Vestola on a number of fights, especially on their attack, just kind of being in weird positions. Um, I think if that a, a few different things happen, I think they could have locked that down personally. But I think it was a close game. I think it was a good game. But 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think Paris are nearly there. I don't like yes. the... Uh, I, let's, let's be clear about something. I love Paris as a team. Avala and Gittemaze do a fantastic job. I think they've done... What they've done with this team is worthy of all the praise. Packing-esque. Yeah. But what I want to say is you you can't let that cloud... And not speaking to you guys specifically, just people. You can't let that cloud your judgment of looking at their team objectively and saying... Sure. Perhaps they were the sort of weaker team versus Justice. Because there is a group of people out there that are going to look at that game and be like, oh man, Washington beating Paris is such an upset. Like, Washington are worse than Paris. How'd they, how nah. they beat Paris? That's an upset. I'm like, no, bro, that is not an upset. Washington were definitely the better team in that matchup. Yep. 100%. I w- um, but Paris are close. I don't think you can. Yeah. Like, Paris, to me, are, are a solid midfield contender. Mm hmm. I would say, like, from what I gathered from the Dallas Fuel camp, they definitely felt pressured by Mac in that match and went like, oof, this boy went crazy against us. Like, that was close. Yeah. Like, he lands. When he lands, he lands hard, but it's the accuracy. Yeah. That's yeah. The well, can problem. I say it's because there's a shock factor there. Well, not shock the team, shock, shock and awe. Mm-hmm. Like, when you have this guy, this bumper guy in your face, like, hang on, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like, that's scary. You, that, that will put some level of fear in you and that's that you have to play around that when that happens but then you realize it's like hang on a second this is actually really punishable and once that clicks and you're like okay now he's actually just fading yes but like i still would i get what you mean i know you don't mean mean it in that way but i think it's it bears pointing out like there's a wide difference between bumper and mac doing that and then doing someone like checkmate doing that right like they understand limits and to a degree, it's also probably, like, if that works, it's also a team effort that it did in the sense mm-hmm. that you probably have a flex support that's got your back. And there's a possibility where that isn't always the case for Mac or, like, yeah, of course, he could be too much on the, uh, on the pedal as well. Um, right. It's super hard to, to, to make the judge, judgment call always in, the, in Overwatch, like who didn't move in on the call or whatever. Oh. But yeah, okay. like I think I think it's it's not that this is like an unskilled problem. It's probably like someone that exactly knows where it is and wants to make that place and also like since he has been doing that more, I think Justice has just become a better team. Like mm-hmm. I don't think he should be stopping that. If anything, no, the team all. should like allow him to do that more. Well, Vancouver did write the script. What I'm saying is, well, the old Vancouver wrote the script, and what I'm saying there is, is like, I don't disagree, but I, there is also, and this is the hardest lesson to learn for all the Ryans that want to be copycat bumpers, bumper lights, diet bumper, you know, everyone, everyone, all of those out there, um, is that there is still a right and wrong time to go in, and it's not as yeah. simple as team follow me in or team didn't follow me in oh therefore team bad why doesn't team follow me in there are still just straight up wrong times to be going yes and even if your team did follow you'd be instead of one person feeding now it's six people feeding yeah there are still wrong times to go and that's the hardest lesson to learn but i mean yeah look if you if we're looking at like what is the real possible potential in terms of like success vancouver titan season two that's your that's your blueprint right there yeah yeah for sure and they're close I think they're I think they're close to being that, you know, big lots titan that that can just be super aggressive. If you're gonna feed a six people, then you hope to God that the other five members can kind of clutch it out or, or will 
or invest the number of ultimates to kind of swing that fight. I think that is a direction the justice can go, and I think they're pretty close. I'd like to see that continue in a weird way. I like that style. I think it's interesting. Any um, we're gonna move into east really quickly now. Uh, yep. very soon. I think we'll finish west with a bit of Atlanta preamble before we get into east and then eventually tournament. Because mm. Atlanta is the other team we really got to talk about here, but um that atlanta los angeles game and there's some other games in here oh let's bring those other games up first and before we get into that atlanta glads game uh because i got a lot to say on that one and i'll you know won't be too greedy on that hopefully but three zero versus washington obviously talking about that two three versus dallas now that should have been one of the early warning signs that like oh hang on atlanta could be a pretty deadly team here some people did kind of get you know there was a bit of early and you know there's the narrative out there like oh dallas first week they look like they struggled. They only beat Florida three and two. They only beat Atlanta three and two of Dallas. So they lost their magic. They're only struggling now. Uh, um, a little bit of that could be true, but Dallas, it doesn't take them long to really get into it. But I think Atlanta, that was also the first sign that Atlanta were really starting to pick up their, you know, the pacing. And then they completely, completely dominated London and dominated Boston in pretty equal fashion. We go through and eventually we get to um, the actual knockout game versus gladiators and it was a mega close game yeah i reviewed that and Last i fight. think both teams played at such a high level this is why i think glads can't be too disappointed with this because if you look at this objectively you have to know your team actually played super well mm-hmm. and unfortunately for you atlanta played a better game it's sometimes it's the way it goes and people will go back to like why did kevs to play far why did they play ball why doesn't Gladiators just play this or play that? You have to understand Gladiators is a team. Their identity is to be flexible. And they are a team that want to play um, what they believe is going to be the best counter comp or the best composition for a specific map, especially versus their competition. And you have a team that has the capability of flexing and they're going to flex when they can because they have they can do that and they, can, they have found success doing that. So it's not like randomly they went off script like, no, guys, we're not going to follow the road. Well, it's time to go off-road. And carve our own path and just go for the fire because of memes. And that's not what happened, guys. They went to fire because it was a pre-planned thing that if you go to Nepal and we get to Shrine, we were always gonna play fire. Yeah. Kefs are locked in the fire in one like straight away. There was no hesitation. That was part of the plan. They had always planned to do that. It wasn't a random thing. They didn't go off-road. They stuck to the road. They stuck heavily to the road. Yep. So, you know, and yeah, okay, I punished them. But let me put this out there. If they had won with that, you'd be praised like, wow, DP9 again. Wow, Kev's the fucking galactic universal brain. So smart, go far. If they won, you'd be praising them. You'd be sucking their nuts. But because they lost, you're you're calling for DP to be fine. It's ridiculous to me. Right. This is is going to be a key match that I think is going to shape the narrative going into the Summer Showdown top four. I, I do believe that. That this will be a case study in what I think Asia is going to do to the West. Just better. Do you agree, Avril? You want to agree. What do you mean? What do you mean, Joe? Without getting too deep into it, I think the look that Gladiator showed Atlanta is not too far off what I think a lot of the Eastern teams can do. And I think that that should scare a lot of Western fans. What is it? So you mean specifically like the ball poke, super slow? Right, right, right. Yes. Um, because I'll say one thing. I I think gladiators did not show capabilities of what a Farah can do. Agreed. I don't think their ball plays is, is as good as Shanghai and Chengdu. Agreed. Agreed. 
And part of that is just because, sorry to muse, but Fate and Gaga and Amon, they're just better. No, yeah. there's, I don't they think there's any, simply, anybody would disagree. Yeah, yeah. Simply fucking, but uh, Joe, you'd be surprised. Fair enough. There are people <laughs> I try to stay away from Reddit. <laughs> there are people on Reddit that keep like, oh, the Apex Simpson, like, bro, you don't watch a single Apex game. Shut the fuck up. You don't get to call, you don't get to say that. Yeah. You only watch NA and you only listen to people that talk about NA. You don't know anything about APAC. Stop talking. Yeah. Um, so I'm here to educate the people that don't watch in don't watch APAC as to what's actually happening in APAC. Um, so I don't think Gladiators play the cleanest or the 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 actual uh, potential of what Fireball actually is. And and even then, Chengdu could tighten the tighten the screws a little bit there. Uh, Fleta can come out of fire, so Shanghai can definitely give you that look if they want to. Mm-hmm. And then the tracer, like the you know, lip tracer, which his stat. I've been looking at his stats on tracer; they're still pretty impressive. They're very damn good. Um, you have gladiators that didn't look good on fire, and I think that taints a view. Where now suddenly people are like, well, why would you play fire here? It's so bad. I'm like, yeah, but they didn't do a good job of playing. Yeah, it. that's it. They just and underperformed. It, it makes sense. <sighs> They didn't play any off angles. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't try and put Kefstron out off angle. He was shooting shields the whole time. Yeah. He was shooting into in Hawk Matrix, and then he he nano barrage directly into Hawk Matrix and died. Like that's not that's not peak fire. I'm sorry, that's not it. Um, but Glad's otherwise had great get. Like then there was the other round in Nepal. I can't remember which one it was, where they they blasted Atlanta. It was not close. They they got a really clean win off their brawl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Glad's had really decent games. I I I I think Atlanta to me are just too strong to have lost in the matchup. Like if Glad's make any mistake, then Atlanta were going to pounce. And Atlanta have really grown as a team to the point where I I think they're a solid top team in NA that is not going to move for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I they always and I I felt this way since last year. They feel very spiky. They're going to hit a peak if they can play within their wheelhouse, and I think that wheelhouse is very predicated around that tank line. If you can give Gator Ryan, if you can give Gator Arissa, they're going to thrive. If you're going to give Hawk Diva Sigma, they're going to thrive. If you start to tinker with that, if you ask them to play ball, if you yeah. ask them to play monkey, it starts to diminish. Outside of that, yeah, I think they're they're a good mid-pack team, but when you give them their wheelhouse, they can win a title. I do believe that. But like giving people that wheelhouse like that stuff has worked like for dallas pretty much every stage now you make that your wheelhouse right like i'm i'm genuinely wondering if that's i i don't know if every team can have their players buy into that you know what i mean like we can we can project that onto a lot of teams like why don't you just play your own style that can fabricate a wheelhouse yeah or is, I mean, it, yes, it's also on the quality of the players for sure, but you could also argue that just inherently, like, Atlanta's wheelhouse of the double shield type of styles is just inherently mm-hmm. worse, or, like, in most positions worse than whatever. It just depends. Uh, I think it depends on the, 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 the patch that we're playing. Um, and then yes, what like what you just said, I think it depends on like how that matches up versus what everybody else is playing. Um, it, it is hard to, it's sometimes hard to force, but I think it it is a core to the game that we will eventually return to. But it's outside of that that I think they they tend to sh- not struggles too aggressive, but underperform, let's say, 
or, or not necessarily meet expectations versus the opposite. I don't um, even think yeah. their double shield is like their... I mean, everyone's going to say that's their signature comp. And then you hear me saying, like, I don't think it's the right composition for this meta because Houston... Maybe Houston just oh. didn't pick the peak that Atlanta did, which is the truth. But I, I actually think, like, and maybe Atlanta discovers this in Hawaii, they'll discover, hey, maybe double shield ain't it? Because versus mm. APAC, Cobra Dive and all that, it's just like, it's not good enough. And then they'll go to Brawl. And that's fine. I think I think eventually, well, Atlanta probably will realize uh, that they are going to play a Brawl. And their Brawl mm -hmm. is excellent. I think I think I, I don't look at their their double shield and think like, yeah, this is Atlanta's um, yeah. identity. I actually think their Brawl is pretty damn good. They're good enough yeah. that they can just abandon this double shield and go directly towards that. And they'll have a fun time. They'll have a great time. I agree. I think the identity around Atlanta is that they are a death ball team. They want to play yes. slow. They want to play Ryan. They want to play Diva. They want to play May. They want to be this team that gets in your face. The issue is that if you put them in an ecosystem where it's difficult to get into your face or that asks them to play, you know, more mobile heroes, it gets a little, gets a little dicey, not in a bad way, just not at the same peak that they would if they were playing within their comfort picks. That's all. Good team. Great team. Right now, I think they're going to. This is I don't know. I'm I'm out for sorts with Atlanta going into the the, the tournament, but we'll get to them. I we'll to them. Yeah. I would also say Jesus Christ, dude. Iris on BAP is different, dude. I I've been sleeping on the kid. I will eat that. I will take that out. Sorry, but Iris, yeah, yeah. Like he was Dan diffing shoe. Yeah, yeah. He and you statistically don't do that, he. Uh, I'm, I'm trying like, to remember if I saw that or not. I saw great plays from both players, but I, I don't disagree. I, I still think Shu played a great game, but yeah, Iris is his his bat was pretty diff. And I made a tweet by the way. Speaking of support players, that I think I thought Master played a fantastic game. Yeah, Master's one guy in Atlanta rain. No one ever brings up. Everyone's like, wow, Edison. So yeah, well, maybe not everyone talking about Edison, but like Edison tracer good, and oh my god, mm -hmm. Pelican rookie. Oh, Kai, best yeah. Western sniper. Oh, Gainhog, best Western D, uh, tank duo. And oh my god, Ari is so underrated, so good, flexible. And then they just stop talking. There's just nothing. Yeah. Bro, you forgot about Master. And I watched this match. Goats. And Master, I'm like, I'm like, dude, Master is so underrated on this team. Master's actually doing so much. Yeah. Masa is there right when you need him every single time. He's a rock that this team counts on every single meta, and he just keeps performing. He's a, he's a stud. He is, he is an absolute maniac. Even going back to May Melee, I thought he had an interesting look. They had him doing some uh, some some made marking, if you want to kind of call it that, which I thought was super interesting. But yeah, a consistent foundation for this team to kind of pull from. Absolutely. This show's great. This show's great. Good, great coordination. I, I think the Nepal Village was some of the highest tier coordination from both Glads and Ryan. Mm. I was so impressed mm. by both teams. Uh, I'll have a video on that at some stage, I'm sure. Uh, I'll, I'll just say it so I can keep myself, you know, I can make Hold sure that accountable. Actually, yeah, help, help accountable. Uh, but we are going to talk about each now before, you know, we spend a lot of time on West as we usually do. And now we're going to have to speed run through the West. The, the, we spent a lot of time on West and so have to speed run through the East now because we're probably going to end up running out of time if we don't. Um, we'll, let's go over the, let's, you know, broad strokes here real quick. Shanghai Dragons homestand, obviously great looking event. Get that out of the way. Very slick, very yeah. well produced. Love the art style, everything they did there. Just a beautiful packed out as our venue looked incredibly packed out. They look like they were at capacity. 
Um, this was Shanghai just continuing to roll, but they did lose one map. Shanghai lost their first map of the stage to Hangzhou Spark off Shai Gushui MCD hitting hitting all their shots. Shai especially went full sicko mode on Hollywood, like he would not miss a headshot. I've that was one of the best McCree performances I've seen since Big Boss Pine on mm-hmm. Ilios. Like I've not seen a McCree performance that good since since that Big Boss Pine clip. <laughs> Um, so your, your reaction it was actually on- to the high noon play made me crack up. <laughs> like when he kills one with high noon, like hits the headshot, then like knows exactly the blink dif- um, distance and flicks so, to the yeah. trace as well. And you're just like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah like- I, just, I do those. I uh, those are my favorite parts of the cast. <laughs> uh, a lot of people like that. Some people said like, oh, they don't like that, but I think a lot of people do like that song. I keep doing it. Mm. Um, that's my reactions. I like to do. Everyone likes react videos, so I just yeah. you know, like hey, Overwatch. Overwatch League caster reacts to shy <laughs> and there's the the thumbnail is just me like that's the thumbnail. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's our thumbnail so, now. <laughs> I can promise you that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a double use. Yeah, two birds, one stone. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get to is it was a. Good showing from Hangzhou, but they couldn't quite rescue the stage because the O3 lost to Seoul, which, by the way, and now we can start officially talking about Seoul as well. And you asked me earlier about what I think about Seoul. So Seoul baited everyone with that win and baited you guys into predicting Seoul. I didn't predict Seoul. So first, my first thing is, Jessica, do you actually have to do a half marathon now or what? No, because, okay, so the bet is we have, like, a, a prolific shit poster about in our, our, in our um, Discord. And... Like, basically, the bet was that I can't be worse than him in Preds. And it got down pretty close, too close for comfort. Fortunately, um, he Preded... Uh, okay, he first didn't Pred, then I allowed him to say who he thought was going to uh, go to Hawaii. And he went Atlanta and Paris. And uh, No, was it? No, Washington yeah, Paris. I think it was Atlanta Washington, Paris. Yeah, something like that. I think it was Paris. Definitely on that Paris juice right there. And I mean, now I'm I'm decently ahead. I guess he can still pick like catch up if he gets like the brackets right. Um, I think it's like a four or six point difference now. But yeah, me printing soul this stage has not been kind to me. Like no. Uh, why are you blaming me? By the way, you're like I somehow convinced you to pick soul. What did I do? What I have nothing to do with this. I mean, he's easily swayed. He teeters to peer pressure. At what point have I told you to pick Soul? I mean, pretty much the entire preseason, and then the curse to yeah. resides. Oh, okay, so my comments in March. Oh, okay, well, I understand now. So in July, you're still holding on to that, even yeah. though even though since same, March, I've said very different re- uh, preseason scrimmage. Exactly. Box, right? <laughs> this, this, this is the man who's made a career on on somehow astrologizing scrim bucks. You know, if there's anybody to blame, it's anybody but you know his own eye test because it's only the stock exchange. I I'm pretty sure since then I've been pretty public about me being a bit more, you know, so and so on soul and not not as like oh man yeah soul are great and now I'm like oh I don't know. The last like good comment I made about Soul was saying that Prophet would be the next like he'd be the best r- tracer after Striker, and then he got owned by Lip Flitter and Leave subsequently after that. So I'm like, well, I guess that narrative's dead. Actually, actually, um, not then- sure if he got owned. By the way, like he almost deadlifted again uh, against Shane. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's like, true. Like, yeah, it's just a team. Okay, I'll, just- I'll take I think- that. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, it's fair. I mean, he saved them on junk. Yeah, I guess. You know, he, he rescued them on multiple points as well. And he had a good performance. Um, it's just like this team is just... The, the thing is, now that you now verbally convince me on this podcast that they're not hot shit anymore, that just means I will pred against them next stage, and then they will... Mm -hmm. And then lose. No, then they... they I will lose, and then they yeah, will Yeah, you win. will lose. And, and, then, and, and then you'll predict, predict them the second go-around, and then they'll lose. I, dude. And ironically, ironically, what will happen is I'll show you my prints. I'm like, yeah, I printed Soul. Why wouldn't you? You didn't print Soul? Like, what's wrong with you? That's what will happen. Well. And, and the worst part of it all will be that Gesture will be playing 100% of the maps for no reason and will be absolutely monstering everyone. Like, it's just like, mm, I, I guess, I guess, like, it's the four, last quarter of the season. Might as well start playing Overwatch again in my free time. Like, I don't know. This I team, still, dude. I still believe in like, okay, profits is not flitter, is not flip, not flitter lip. Yeah, but Fitz had such close. a good game. when Fitz is on, bro, he is on. He single handedly just carried the shit out of Soul on Shrine Nepal versus Chengdu on Map Five. And I remember on that cast specifically in that game, I said something like, at the start, I, I, I at the beginning before we saw any action, I I only saw the compositions and I saw what they're rolling out. I'm like, okay, Late Young's going on a Diva, sorry, on a Zarya. There's no Diva. Fitz will have no pressure. Fitz is gonna do. He's gonna be monster this game. He is gonna be banging. And then in the middle of the cast of that, I said like, dude, Fitz right now is doing so much work. If Chengdu don't shut him down, he's gonna be unstoppable. And then at the end, I'm like, dude, he hasn't died. Fitz still has zero deaths, and he's tripling the damage of the other DPS. He's doing as much damage as the rest of the three DPS combined. And so it was just like the entire thing was laid out from front to back in terms of how that was going to go, and Fitz did not disappoint until we got to the other maps. No, I'm kidding. But he, okay, he didn't shut down Jinmu, but whatever. He, it's hard. It's hard. I looked at Fitz's POV as well as a McCree. Jinmu's angles are so good that there's very little Fitz can do about him. That's what I'll say. I think he's kind of, it feels like he's kind of known for coming in. Like the second that you see him, he's just like 180 above your head. Like he is in such bizarre, like not head level angles that it feels weird to kind of like adapt on the fly. It's not comfortable in that way. Is that kind of what you saw? Who, me? Yeah. I think, I think Jimmu knows his uh, angles very well in terms of mm -hmm. off angles. The way I review fire is like, I think fire needs to really take advantage of taking eyeballs away from his team towards him or the opposite. So you Agreed. always have any kind of crossfire angle going on in the sky. Um, and you'll notice when you watch Jimmu's angles, he sets those up very effectively with uh, especially conking, you know, yep. using concussive blast to get around the map. Um, and he he knows his matchups very well. I think he's the best uh, air to ground fire. Notice I'm very specific with that because I think if another player challenged them in the air as far, his air-to-air -air fire might not actually be that good. Because apparently mm. Yavel will beat him 26-2 in a, in a yeah. fire one. That's that wild. I don't know if I'll take that too seriously, but I've, I've seen so much Jimmu ground air-to-ground. I have no doubts there, but I've not seen enough Jimmu air-to-air -to, -air to know what would happen if someone actually tried to challenge him. Uh, and who knows, maybe only Sparkle can do that. Um, but that'll that'll be more in the preview show. So let's talk. Let's finish up about like our other thoughts about um, East as we start heading into more Chengdu Shanghai based discussion. Uh, but generally speaking, I think Gu Shui is still dominantly carrying the Hangzhou Spark, and yep. maybe they'll be to do more with that later on. Um, better hope him. I think Philadelphia, man, they are a team oh. I have to support, and I want to back so heavily. 
and I predicted Philadelphia to win both the games, and yeah. I got punished. I lost my points because of Philly. Stage. Um, uh, the I'm New York so... game is probably the most egregious of them. Them losing to Chung. Do you guys remember last week when I said yes. Chung could beat Philly because yeah. Shanghai yeah. wrote the blueprint and Chengdu can just be like, hang on, we're, we're Shanghai light. We can do this too. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and we I, assume. I didn't even believe it. I didn't even pray Chengdu. I hate myself. We assumed that Light Young was going to be a, a hole for this team. And if anything, he is kind of the benefactor of their style, weirdly enough, no, which we'll get into. I don't know. Zarya way too often, and Fitz Fitz. See, Shanghai. I don't think that's a problem though. I don't I do. think that's necessarily going to be a problem for them. Zarya's not a good hero. He forces Zarya too often. He needs to play more diva. That's just me. That's just me. Fair enough. We'll we'll agree to disagree there. Whatever. They still won. That's yep. fine. I mean, that's it's definitely not the reason why I think it's good, but I think that we'll save that for the tournament. Um, Philly in particular. Oh. They did not have an answer for ball. They couldn't play it. So they opted in for the bait that is Sombra May. It does nothing for you. It is the most passive DPS line you can pick someone into this. Someone tell them one of the biggest counters the ball is Tracer. Someone tell them that. Who do you want to play Tracer? Yeah. They're kind of like Houston. They're just in a weird position in this meta. Um, no. I mean, I'll give. Because they no? don't have a tracer. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> Houston has a tracer. At least Houston has a tracer. Sure, they have a tracer, but they don't have another Dante. Right, yeah. But, like, it would be good start for them to have a tracer. And then have <laughs> sure. any, like, if they had a tracer, they wouldn't have a problem because they have two, three excellent DPS that could slot into whatever other thing they agreed agreed i think the the tracer sombra dynamic for philly is something they have to kind of solve they don't need to solve it now because they kind of can't um but i think countdown depending on what dps are played i think i give if we're going to head to head houston philly um i i like philly's depth and and the the dps that they have against houston's two that are very good why can't they solve it Either one of Shockwave, EQ, or Rascal has to play it. I've said this. Sure, they're just not extremely comfortable. And it was Sparkle, and now Sparkle's more than... He's beyond serviceable now. And look, okay, that's a bad yeah. example. I brought up Dallas again. Shame on me. Just be like Dallas. But, I mean, actually, though, yeah, kind of. Yes, also. You kind of need to be. You, I think Shockwave has to... I think he's the kind of last hope is that he's can come in and fill in the gaps in a very short amount of time. Um, I don't know what they've had in practicing in the downtime when he's not been in Korea. Um, hopefully it has been Tracer, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not. Um, it, they're, they're, they're in a weird look because Rascal's not doing a great job at it and hasn't been for, I think, since May. Um, EQO still looks a little uncomfortable on Sombra, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I think they could have adapted. I think they, if there was a way out, I think it was the brawl stuff that West, the, the Western teams are doing. Um, but yeah, they just decided to. They did, though. They did do the brawl and it, they, they lost. <sighs> it's not like they didn't play brawl. Yeah. Did you know that no one, sh did you know they didn't shoot Jimmu? Did you know that what map did Jimmu play Fire again? 
it took a Junker Town. Was it Junker Town? Oh, I can't remember. There was one map where they specific, and I remember this because ZP molded on cast. Sure. For good reasons, justified molding, where it took until the very end for Carpe to be like, oh, maybe I should play McCree. And then they lost. Like, it took them to mm -hmm. the very fucking end. And it's just like, bro, Jimmu's been farming your team this whole time, and it takes you this long to decide maybe McCree's the answer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's just some hey. teams that are so set in their ways and in their preparation, right? Like, that. Mm -hmm. they're not allowed. Like, I don't know. Like, for instance, I think whenever Doom comes out for Dallas, that's not something that they've, like practice right that's just at the discretion of sparkle to make that call if he's feeling it mm, yep. whatever right you need to be in that kind of position pretty much with every team if you want to be successful to just like allow your star players to like just shine make that moment and yeah maybe Kape wasn't feeling it that day either and maybe you just should stick to the plan in that case but i don't know dude like i think you just need to be flexible sometimes and also pro probably play stuff that on paper is, doesn't even make that much sense, but if you're, like, in that moment, just, like, making the difference, yep. that's probably your best out at that point. Um, highest expected value. Perfect the perfect example you're talking about, Yiska, is actually Chengdu. In their five-map series to get into the, uh, into the Summer Showdown versus, um, what do you call them? Soul. Uh, Soul. Where on... Sanctum, the last map, the last sub-map of Nepal, the last map of the five-map series, the, the how it goes, and this is coming through some translations, how it went apparently, is leave goes to Jimmu, like, what do you want to play? And Jimmu's like, yeah, I can do either Sombra or Fire, they're both good here. And leave's like, do you want to put on a show? And he's like, alright, and he locks in the Fire. They just lock in the comp based on that. Yep. So they're so flexible, they're so willing to trust their star players and fuck it, I'll say it. Jimbo's a star in the fire. If there's one of here, course. you can give him you say star yeah. it's different fire. Um, they're so trusting to be like, look, if you're confident and you you think locking this is going to give us the win, you do that 100%. We will back you 100%. And that's the makings. That is that is the foundation of what could be a really good team. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yep. Yep. It's. I, I to to Philly's minor defense when it comes to like not shooting upwards. Um, there, it, it, I have to scramble so hard to try and defend this team. Many a like, team fallen short to Chengdu because they failed to shoot upwards. It it really <laughs> it feels like that. Like it feels like they identified Gaga was the problem when I think the immediate issue was Jin Musfara. Um, they they keep wanting to shut down the ball, and I think that's again my hypothesis is that the sombra may look that a lot of teams kind of rotate into is for ball specifically and not yeah. like it leaves you so open literally everywhere else it's just not I back you up? i'm gonna back yeah. you up joe and say that part of this is also not as easy as just shoot fire forehead sure of course we've also, we've also acknowledged right just previously just i don't know how many minutes ago but just previously when we we're talking about chung do more in depth that jimmu's angles and fire are so exquisite that you can't just simply shoot him Sure. Like, Fitz's McCree was very on point in their matchup versus Chengdu. Mm. And looking from Fitz's POV, it's like, I, I'm like, I don't blame you, buddy. It's hard to shoot Jimmu. He's playing so such annoying angles yeah. that you can't just shoot him. Unless you want to stand in the middle of the open, you can't shoot him. He's mm. not 
that easy to shoot. So a part of it is, yeah, you you do shoot him forehead. And the other part of it is like, well, actually, it's too hard to shoot him forehead. Both are true at the same time. It doesn't help that the comp that you're playing into it is as like close knit. So you can't even position your hit scan in, into like an open space. You can't have them just run flanks because then like you lose the dynamic of the comp, right? Like the synergy of the comp is that it stays close together for the most part. Um, unless you're playing, you know, a ball with a hit scan like Soul tried to, but even then it's like that already puts you at a disadvantage because that makes the hit scan diveable, right? Like it's there is no win. It's just you hope Jitmu isn't on, or you have to commit so many resources that it leaves you open elsewhere. Like it, it is a conundrum. It is a very difficult team to figure out. Even if you kill him, Yvalto raises him. Exactly. Or they trade elsewhere. Like they're they're kind of playing like a like a split push in League of Legends where they take objectives that's elsewhere. They're taking pieces, whether you like it or not. That's the you think it's an advantage. That is the best way I describe ball dive. And what I was doing, you know, analysis on my stream where I'm like, okay, let me explain to you how this comp works. Mm -hmm. I actually I sort of use that analogy. I, I try not to too much because there's probably not that many league fans that watch mm -hmm. my content, but it's like yeah, like this is League of Legends split boards. You want to try and deal with a threat on this side of the map. They will trade an objective on the other side of the map while you're doing that. Yep. And so you can never like really shut them down. That's as the long as it's hard to do. Of, of ball or ball dive. Ball dive has so many angles of approach and so many areas where they can attack you at. You cannot successfully ever fully shut them down. Yep. A good team. Dude, like this, this entire thing has shaped my view of Overwatch so much where I'm like, at this point, like, A, I do not believe if we had no hero pools that peop people would actually uh, gravitate towards co one composition. I think pe teams have really thoroughly understood that, like, they have ace players, and they if they are on their day, it, it really doesn't matter that much what, you, what kind of meta state you're playing into. And I also don't believe, for instance, the stuff like that... Let's say like season two, uh, stage three. After stage three with Shanghai, I don't think necessarily that this team would have been figured out on the Farah composition when they would have themselves had the op uh, opportunity to uh, innovate after the goats adapts. It would have been just like mm -hmm. an arms race to understanding how how these um, meta situations work. I don't know. Like I think at this point. Like it was probably good that Hero Pools just like made that very clear to teams that there is a style that for everyone that you can lean into and there's a percentage that great players can unlock for you in every single composition that just isn't that just doesn't it puts a heavy finger on the scale of meta uh mm -hmm. composition and that just turns out to be the uh, the most effective way to uh, play every single meta situation and the fact that we're seeing so much success out of teams like dallas i, I don't know how you could argue against that at this point like i i think i'd argue on the way you get to the conclusion but i agree with the conclusion regardless okay. i don't think hero pools was necessary i think we were always going to get to this position it's just we forked and still met up right that's the only right. part i disagree right. with no, I think... Let's get deeper in the meta conversation. Um, right. I, I know we skipped a couple teams in APAC. I think that's fine. We, For anyone listening, I know we didn't talk about Shanghai. We're going to get deeper into Shanghai because we still have the whole tournament bracket and everything. But we're already on the meta discussion anyway. So, obviously, um, actually, was there more you wanted to continue there with Yiska before we talk about nah, something else? Nah. Just like that's something to keep in mind, especially for people that will argue to 
uphold Liverpool's in future competitions. Like, I don't know, dude. I think, I think we're at a at a meta understanding point where we understand meta archetypes so well and understand individual skills and like idiosyncratic qualities so well that this goes beyond like this one singular meta type uh, of composition where like yeah. what meta really is is like it was just the case that for instance shock and uh vancouver just had mm -hmm. their spike performances on these exact compositions and that's why they became meta because nobody else had the guts to it became an arms race. Yeah. It was, how do we get as good as them? We need to figure this out because that's obviously what the best thing is. But I think that's like a natural progression of like games, right? Is you, you idolize, you chase after, and then you figure out, hey, I'm not going to play this rat race. I'm doing my own thing. And the best and teams in a region typically define that, which is why I think a lot of yes. people copy Dallas in June. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but this is also where regions come into play because how metas develop is that typically... Correct. The way it works is whatever whatever gets you the most wins becomes meta. Yeah. Whatever seems to be the most effective thing becomes a meta. Yeah. And there is a bit a bit of inherent confirmation bias there as well, where it's just like, well, if the winning team is winning, then it must be a better meta. Even mm -hmm. though it's just like they could be winning just because they're the better team. You don't know yeah. that the composition is why they're winning. Yep. But they're winning because they're the better team. Like I thoroughly believe if Shanghai can play a lot of different things and beat teams in in the APAC region, but that's just side the point. So what it comes down to is having different regions means you don't have this homogenous thing where like oh yeah well vancouver and shock are running the same thing so i guess that's the meta now and there's no there's no like second opinion there you don't have a second region where a different meta was developing with different answers to the question because we're all trying to solve this puzzle like what is the supposed best composition um i think but the one caveat is isn't it possible theoretically that this is only true for the overwatch we're playing in 2021 and that oh. non-rollock, like balance, state of balance that was around at Goats actually made it so that undeniably Ghost was the best uh, meta composition. Is that not possible? I think if you go into what specifically some of the contender teams are running during Goats, um, and you assume that Overwatch League teams do scrim against that, uh, I think there's enough there to tease out or diversity however yes i do believe that like non-rollock there are some inherent issues that you really can't balance around or it's very difficult to think so far outside of the box right a la shanghai season or stage three season two that's like that's not like, like it's a roadhog diva meta right where you have to just like throw spaghetti at a wall and try really abstract thinking to try and beat something like that and i don't think that's necessarily healthy either i think it's possible it's just not necessarily healthy because you do have to work through a lot of rigidity yeah I mean, the current game is the way it is it definitely helps in terms of uh balance and this is a upsetting take and i'm sorry for the people that are going to be upset by this but the fact that we've had no new heroes and no significant content to shake things up means teams can figure it out more and the dev team in terms of balance can figure it out more because there aren't as many outside variables or new variables that shake yep. things up because every time a new hero gets added while well, just scrambled this you know mix all up again and who knows um so there's that but in terms of more meta discussion that's relevant to the summer showdown we are obviously seeing again na favoring more brawl death ball type compositions 
and APEC favoring more dive, split push, as you could probably call it, or just multi-angle, solo individual, but still coordinated in into ball, sombra, trace, or whatever type of compositions. And we are going to have another regional clash of compositions, which is still my favorite thing in the current era of Overwatch competition. Yeah. I think the, the one of the best decisions that the league has made is to separate. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily uh, an accident because of COVID or, or, or just the, the, the benefactor of it. It's hard to tell, but I think having these very clear separate regions that operate in their own, you know, practice environments, practicing against their own contender teams, viewing the game in their own two separate ways. I think that clash of styles again is what makes competition so interesting. I agree that nobody wants to see mirror matchups 99% of the time. And that is like a, an opportunity that Overwatch gives us. So to bridge that gap, separating these teams, creating bubbles for them, and then having them meet intermittently, that's where you get the, the fireworks to hit. That's where you really get drama. Uh, that's where you can really start to sell people. So what is, what's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, God. Brawl versus <laughs> So specifically, and let me be clear, it's Sim TP Brawl yep. versus Ball Tracer Sombra Dive. Also, can we can we take a vote? Uh, I've heard the name Ice Wizard run around for the NA meta. Do we like, dislike, yay, nay? I've heard Macrowave, so one of my viewers was very adamant it should be called Macrowave because of the Symmetra May thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think Ice Wizard is a little bit easier. Uh, Macrowave is clever, but for some reason feels tedious to say because I want to yes. just say Microwave. I have to be very specific. No, it's like microwave, whereas ice wizard is just a little bit more. Just like yeah, it's you know, it just gets in there. Where's the what's the wizard part? Is that supposed to be some? I think it's just like the TP of like sim. Oh. And I don't know. Okay. Um. Okay, dude. Okay, it's sim brawl. It's sim <laughs> sure, brawl. That works. It's, this is not. This doesn't have to be complicated. Okay, Sim TP brawl tells you everything you need to know. Ice it is. wizard tells me like, are we watching Frozen Catholic. Three? What? What yeah. is this? Um. Anyway, and then you have, um, <laughs> you have Sombra Ball Dive. You know um, that this d discussion is not very unlike the, oh, who would win, dude? A Kodiak bear, a grizzly bear, <laughs> or like a gorilla on rocky ground, which is basically the equivalent, Overwatch fan equivalent of like, who would win, Sim Brawl or Ball Dive? In Except Hawaii, we're actually going to get an answer. Except like, yeah, we'll, we'll get an answer. Gonna fight. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually going to fight the jaguar or, or the... Would you, what animal would you say again? Bear versus what? Gorilla. Gorilla. They are actually going to fight. And just by, just so we're clear, the Kodiak bear is heavier and weight class than fighters <laughs> do matter. Just so we're clear. Um, uh, so, yeah, we are going to actually get that clash. And you have... I, Doc, people are going to say, oh, Avril APEC biased again. And all April, April said uh, last in June Joust meta that the uh, the APAC meta was high skill ceiling, and now he's on his same bullshit again. I'm like, okay, but let me explain a little bit. I know what I know what the response is, so let me address that. I think, and and back me up here, fellas, if you agree that that generally speaking, dive compositions are higher skill ceiling yes. individually in terms of the mechanics of the heroes being played. Let's be real. Yeah. Tracer, Sombra, Genji, Echo, and that's just the DPSs. Mm -hmm. Maysim. I'm sorry, but Maysim is 
Yeah. It, it ain't it, you know. Until we're talking flashy mechanics, no, 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 no. Yeah, okay, yeah, you can right-click some shit on me, and it's it's kind of cool. Like, oh, people's like, oh, what what about putting up a wall? It's like, oh, yeah, no, is that really that impressive? Yeah, it's a good team ability, but I don't... That's just good ability usage. I, I, that's not, like, some crazy mechanics. I can put up good May walls in my games. Sure, my team aren't going to use them properly. Or, like, maybe my reaction speed isn't going to be lightning quick. I'm not going to block a shatter with a May wall. I'll, I'll give the Overwatch League players that. But I, the the fundamental understanding of, like, May wall... I don't think it's that crazy. Like that's a that's a that's a brain thing. That's not a mechanical impressiveness thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm putting that out there. Ball way higher skill ceiling in mechanics compared to like you know, I think the highest skill ceiling main tank in the game. Like if you actually and people that don't know have never played ball in their life that actually don't know how ball works might not understand just how much tech is in yeah. ball mechanics and how much you need to know to do ball stuff. You simply can't just do ball stuff. Like, to do ball stuff, you have to go through so much training to be good at ball. Like, it is a very hard hero to learn. Um, And then, generally speaking, Zen is a pretty tough hero as well. Like, Brig is maybe whatever, but then, shut up, you got Lucio as well. But, okay, you can argue that Lucio wall riding takes a bit of skill. I'll give you that. Generally speaking, though, the compositions played in APAC individually require more skill, and then combined... When you actually have to land that together and put it together into a well-coordinated dive, because it's not death ball. Six players packed up tight together, walk forward, TP through, start swinging your hammer, and just put the lamp down at the right time. I'm simplifying that. I, I'll get. I admit it. Slightly exaggerating, slightly hyperbolic. But then imagine now having a dive composition where you have got six people that are not playing together. Only the Brig and Zen are actually stacked together. The other four players are doing all sorts of other things. And somehow you got to line that all up to concentrate that into one play. That's hard to do. Yep. So I that's why I think the APAC skill ceiling is the APAC comps have high skill ceiling. And if you have teams like Shanghai in particular that have mastery over that, that should just be unbeatable. Yeah. I I literally couldn't put it better. Um it, it is the reason why I think the Western teams are going to struggle. I think if anything, to circle back to that kind of uh season two rat race mentality or the arms race of goats. I think the NA meta has uh, benefited in some ways from that, but also it kind of is going to plague them. Uh, You look at a lot of control maps, you look at uh, hybrid maps, uh, funnily enough. They're all kind of leaning more towards leading up to this tournament. There have been a a significant sample size of just mirror matches of this uh, May Sim Brawl. There is no... there's a lack of practice outside of that for the West. And I think we haven't seen a team like Chengdu, like Shanghai, that is so counter to that, that is so stylistically opposed, that is going to give NA a very, very difficult run for their money. You could say that the opposite versus you could, you could literally flip the argument from NA and e, or NA and the East. Um, however, I think the win condition for this sim may composition is specifically targeting the supports, which you can counterpick against. I think you can play something like a far mercy that eliminates one support off the field, right? You can't just TP onto him and kill him. He's just going to fly away. He's going to fly to his mercy. He's going to fly to a diva, maybe a ball in the back line, right? Like there are also, targets. I will trade. Exactly. Right. They, we'll about this. If you trade, okay, you kill Ozan, we kill your X or Y. Yes. Yes. You are okay with that. You you can't 
you can't completely remove a target from the the sim made uh beat grinder that they're going to throw at you but you're okay with that you're handshaking that trade saying you can have our 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 zen but we're going to discord something burst you enough to take this trade of this resource and then get the kills to 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 answer that trade to take the objective elsewhere to kind of you know uh wrap it up with a pretty bow uh, I think it is the better composition. I think NA is is behind. I think this is the the meta that the East is bringing in and is going to dominate with. If I'm going to be completely honest, I I do not, I don't trust what where Dallas is at. I don't trust what what Atlanta so, uh, has shown me historically. Sounds like we're making some preds. Should we get into that? Jessica, do you have anything to add, or should we get into some some expectations for no, the tournament? We, we can. I'm. I'm not. Sure. Yeah. It's. It's going to be hard to uh, sort of evaluate how Meta will uh, figure this out. I'm also not sure. Like, it seemed like. I think one thing that we got a caution about is like, yes, you're running that Meta now. We kind of saw that the last, like last minute adaptations with the ball, for instance, for sh uh, Shanghai. Mm. Can absolutely work in order to like uh, correct give you that win, right? So can I give you a counterpoint? Sure. Did the Western teams have time to practice that? I mean, that's that's a big problem for them uh, traveling to Hawaii for sure. Yeah. They do not have time to adapt to this. They're coming in with practice on the sim brawl. They have no time. Also? The Eastern teams get the time to be able to adapt to that. It is unfair, you know, I think inherently, but it, it's kind of the way the world is right now. It's unfortunate. Both, both regions suffer from this. There's equals. But there is no other good ball. There's no good ball somber team in NA oh. or an NA team to practice against oh. to understand what it's like to play against it. Similarly, there's no good Sim TP brawl team in APAC for other APACs to practice against. Mm -hmm. um, and the closest you get is to like a Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia, the best brawl team in APAC. Yeah, and maybe Seoul second to that. Yeah. Um, so both regions, I have, I want to say, are fairly unprepared for the other in terms of like trying to really adapt. Which is crazy to me is, is how Shanghai managed to swap over to yeah. Lucio Moira ball so quickly. I think they basically trusted their players to be able to perform on the roles mechanically, and then trusted Fake to just have enough impact that it ends up being what it needs to be but um all right uh that is a good preview in terms of how we're going to get into the tournament expectations itself joe you seem pretty confident on the apex side of things generally speaking i do agree with you i give a lot of uh, i got a lot of benefit of the doubt to dallas until i i i have unreasonable i hate myself for this because i'm, I'm generally <laughs> like a very logical person who looks at reason more than anything sure. else and I hate that I give a free pass to fuel, even though my brain tells me I, I shouldn't. Mm. But I give them a free pass anyway, because beyond all expectation, they've always shown up. So my expectation here is, um, I think Chengdu are also kind of a one-trick team. The problem with Chengdu in that matchup is when I've seen Chengdu try Brawl or try literally anything other than a Ball Sombra, they have completely shat the bed. I agree. Now, do they need to play anything else other than what they're playing? Probably not. Hopefully not, for their sake. But they are incapable of changing and adapting. The reason why I look at them differently from Shanghai, despite the, and that's not even including the fact that Shanghai is just a better team with sure. better players, high mechanics, a better teamwork. But Shanghai also then have the capability to play other compositions if they really need to. And I've shown mm. that they can actually make those adjustments, whereas I don't think Chengdu can. I think the one major problem here, though, for the NA teams 
is that Shanghai and Chengdu, despite me calling Chengdu Shanghai light, they are still different enough that it's not like you can just prep for one and you've covered both. Agreed. Because Chengdu specifically then have this Farah thing that Shanghai don't do, and that's enough of a difference that you have to look at Chengdu through sort of different lens. Because you can't just like go for a two-for-one deal here. Because Shanghai are probably not going to play the Farah. They don't have to. Uh, well, They, they like, don't have they, to. They don't. They both don't have to, and they don't really want to and feel the need to. Chengdu, it's not like Chengdu have to either, but they feel like they got a lot of success out of that. Yes. And so they're gonna, they're gonna, they're, it's not even like, oh, it's an option. For them, it's a priority. If there is a good fire map, Chengdu are gonna go fire almost mm. straight away. It's not an option for them, it's a priority. That's the difference. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. So because of that, Shanghai and Chengdu are actually not, they are similar, but they're also dissimilar, which means you have to prep for them differently. So I am gonna be curious as to how the NA teams do that. But I expect Shanghai to, definitely beat atlanta i'm I'm sorry atlanta i i back them but i back shanghai way too hard to see shanghai lose currently um and we've already we saw shanghai dismantle atlanta last tournament as well on on a good meta for atlanta uh on a bad meta supposedly for apac and shanghai um i will hate myself for saying this but i'll give fuel the win over chengdu to start with but we'll see how far they get after that and then i have shanghai beating fuel Mm. so you have shanghai firmly in the finals currently yeah that's the one lock that i think you it's hard to argue against yeah that's that's tough if if shanghai is outside of the finals then i don't know what world we're living in like they look too good too coordinated too many first kills too frequently that they get first kills like it's it's oppressive i will tell you a lot of western coaches believe that apac is astronomically behind meta compositions now I heard that's a lot, especially in those situations yeah. where Shanghai actually won the tournament, you know? Um, so it's, it's also just a thing. Like, basically what we're doing every, um, every meta stage is like we're putting like these two like microbes in a petri-, petri dish and then let them grow and eventually we'll just let them fight and see like uh, how mm-hmm. s- stuff works out. So it's, it's like so abstract. animals fighting? <laughs> and then the two the two microbes the petri dishes grow up to be a, a silverback gorilla versus a kodiak well, bear and then... <laughs> now i wanted to express that it's really hard to like tell which microbe would be winning against the others while it wouldn't Listen. be for a, a gorilla it's against a kodiak bear it's obviously a gorilla by the way you're totally wrong about the bear winning what oh um but how much, how much does oh yeah i'm not gonna get into it <laughs> Should we get into it? No, we don't. Yes, has seen way too many top ten anime battles. You know, ranking Itachi versus Jiraiya. Dude. Like he's he's just too deep into it, man. Nah, like weight and size is the primary factor in who wins those physical battles. <laughs> that, but I'm not that joking. That's is literally pure it. pure muscle, though. And pure. <laughs> I can't believe we're getting this. <laughs> so what? A bear that's got a bit more fat can't can what eat what? I mean, give it's, me. They got padding, yeah? Give me. They got higher constitutional. They got higher HP as we walk in. All right, what's the problem? Half a year, you gain weight, I lose weight, and we'll have it in real life. I'll fly over to Australia and we can reenact that. What well, depends on what weight? Uh, am I obese? Like, what are we talking like? <laughs> I mean, you can be in <laughs> like, five months. Obviously, I can't beat you if I'm obese. Like, you, you've got to be fair about this. Like, I mean, Kodiak bears are kind of obese, <laughs> to be fair, but not like the Jack okay, Silverback gorillas. Sprint. Do you know how fast a Kodak can sprint at you at full speed? Like fast. a fucking car. They, they, <laughs> they move. They should move. They move. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's still not... Whatever. 
But <laughs> my point was more like the mic, the microbes. You cannot really tell who's going to win. Like it's super, um, like hard to figure out what until you see it happen, right? And mm -hmm. yeah. um, in this particular position, like I agree with everything you said in terms of I think Fuel will win. I also think Cheng uh, Chengdu will not like they will maybe win a map. Uh, the this tournament. Oh my god, this. This guy's already tilting me, dude. Okay, he's about to come up with some bullshit tag. Um, I think Shanghai has it easy. I have them 3-0, actually, against um, Atlanta. Oh, okay. I also think that Shanghai will then uh, beat the Fuel. It will probably be a little bit closer than 3-0. Not much. It could be a 3-2. Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess we can talk about how that goes from there then. But yeah, like mm. also in the lower bracket, it's I think it's just going to be uh, Atlanta again against Chengdu. Unfortunately, I just like I don't trust the second pick in APAC. That's that's unfortunately the case. Um, who's, who's tilting you with their takes? What are you talking about? I mean, Joe's about to come in with some bullshit. He's already like oh. smirking and shit. Like, can we, can we land on one thing? I, I want to get Joe's take real quick after this. Sure. But can we all agree that it will probably be Shanghai Dallas finals. No. Are we all there? Oh my god! Okay. Shut up. Oh. No. Right, Shut you go, the you go, you go. Hell yeah. up, dude. I I am I am very oh, is, is Philly going to get there? Is Philly going to win it? Yeah, yeah. Philly, uh, Philly's <laughs> Philly's coming in off the top rope with the steel chair. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um I think Dallas looked very, very shaky versus Washington, and I don't think that's some sort of backhanded compliment um towards Washington. Or it is kind of in a way. I, I don't think that they're like bad by any means, but I think this is more of a an argument of Dallas being a little bit uh, perplexed with how to deal with uh, enemy dive because they don't have, they haven't been able to show or they haven't practiced. Huh? I just it, said they haven't been able to get pine. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a big one. I, even then I don't know that, um, I think he'd probably be useful in this matchup versus the Chengdu hunters. Um, specifically due to the fact that, like you said, Far is a priority, not a choice. And I do think Shanghai uh, could. Um, I think they've shown it quite a bit on, on 2CP, in particular on their defenses, that they could kind of splash it in and throw some teams off. And I think versus the Western teams, I think they will. I think, like I said, versus the Glads game, where they come out with the ball poke, they come out with like the, the Wrecking Ball Sombra Farah compositions, I think, and I kind of expect that to be what Chengdu runs majority of the time. I do lean on the fact that Late Young is favoring Zarya. Is it a weird pick? I agree. I think what it does is it enables their, their star players to play even more aggressively, to press the even more in an advantage. So you're giving Gaga a bubble. You're giving Jinmu a bubble. They get to do even more dumb shit, right? I don't particularly like Dallas's options when it comes to getting back into the six-man all-in. I don't think Lucio Mar is going to be acceptable into this composition. Um, I think that's probably what they're going to have to run to find success, and I do have them doing it. But the way that I have this going, um, I think Dallas comes out with Nepal, wins control pretty handedly. I think Chengdu counterpicks. They lose on Volskaya. Dallas is 10-0, and I think that's Chengdu's best option when it comes to 2CP. Chengdu then gets another map pick. They go to Eichenwald. I think they win Eichenwald. I don't think that Dallas has enough uh, experience. Not experience. That's not the right way to put it. Um, I, I don't trust their six-man all-in look, nor their brawl, 
to cover the ground that I think Eichenwald is going to give them, especially on B. So I have Chengdu winning B. On Eichenwald specifically, I have Chengdu winning Gibraltar for a lot of similar reasons. There's a lot of ground to cover, a lot of space, a lot of just all in to, to kind of throw at them. I don't like the mirror. I don't like their brawl. I, I, I do believe that the, the Eastern meta is what should be run. And I think Chengdu is going to kind of leverage that and uh, yeah, reverse sweep them, to be completely honest. I think it's be three, two the, Chengdu. This is the first game. Are we, are we, are yes. Just clear it up. We're the very first game. Okay. Yes. Chengdu beats the Dallas Fuel in winner's round one. Yuska's oh. face right now. Can I, can I add one thing? Yeah. yeah. You, uh, one thing I want to add is you say Nepal is a, is a win for Dallas. Nepal is like a really good match. It is. For it is. Okay. It is like Shrine's very good. Um, I hey, think Chengdu. It, dude, all I think, three is really good, actually. But yeah, I I don't particularly care for the ones that you have to win the first fight on. So like Control Center for Li Zhang, these kind of maps like uh, Sanctum, right? I think Chengdu's like crazy enough to run it. I don't particularly think it's like what you should. They literally did. They did. I know. They I know. It's that's what I kind of have have them doing, but I don't know that. Can I? I can write off Dallas Fuel that hard. Can I? Can I tilt Yesco further before he speaks? My brain wants to go Chengdu beating fuel for that game as well. Mm -hmm. My heart won't let me because I have to, I give them way too much benefit of the doubt and I can't, I can't bring myself to print against them in that first game, but every fiber of my brain and my logic and reasoning tells me I should go Chengdu as a win versus Dallas in that first game. Yes, yep. Then let me help you activate that other brain. So that's quite apparently sleepy like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> My other brain cell is Joe. We... I, sw I swear to God, you guys go go off the uh, principle that Chengdu will play like their most consistently incredible games on their picks when like half the time they are standing in their own way, like failing to tie their shoes as if that happens on every single map they're going to play. And <laughs> like they haven't thrown spaghetti at the wall. Like, like the amount of times this team had should have theoretically won against the opposition opposition. And they're like mid table in APAC in the agreed, agreed. shittier region. Like, come on guys. Like this is, they're going to get a map against this weekend. Like, uh, dude. Chengdu are peaking. They're <laughs> currently playing at the best they've ever played. Yes. They're, they're turtling, dude. Like, that's, that's, like, the, the turt might look a little bit out of the butt, but, like, that's it. Like, <laughs> I don't disagree that Chengdu have oh, a propensity God. to just think they have it figured out and then just spaghetti it everywhere. Um, I, I'm gonna, I have to say that it's changed. Bro. I think this is the meta that they have figured out or have found a good place within. I think the one thing you could leverage is the Zari is a weird pick. I think it is kind of just a gigantic support call um, to allow your, your all-stars to play at the caliber that they have no, been. No, no. If they aren't there, Zarya falls apart. But Dude, it's not that they are like, oh, Zarya, that's like a masterpiece. Oh, strategic. It's like, Leija can't play anything else at master's level. Like, that, <laughs> that's, their, that's their one out that yeah, they have. Elsa I agree. is tired as hell. Like they're they're struggling to like once again this is this is just like nobody else stepping up in APAC to to hold the torch and like I don't even believe they will play the the Farah as much as you guys are postulating they will because what do you fa mean? famously this team they... cannot pick rational decisions in the situation where it matters where they will run Sombra into the ground for no apparent reason but have You're done telling so. me. 
versus the one team that does not have a head scan. Yes. They are yeah. not going to run a Farah. Yeah. Bro, and then, then I, they will I've... run it. They just won't run it to the extent they that won't you run guys it believe. as much. Yeah. Agreed. I, I think, I think especially later on in the series, I think we're going to run into that, especially like the Chengdu stands where we're just like, ah, oh, run far. I don't care if it's bad. Just run it. Just run it. <laughs> I think again, it <laughs> always comes thing. back. Like, it always comes back they, to control. Control is where you can utilize the gladiator stance. We're like, no, don't run far. Don't run it. Don't yes, run it. They're completely the opposite. They're like, please do the dumb shit. Please God. <laughs> Man. No. Uh, no, no, no. Like okay, yeah. I re no, I respect both takes. I I don't know, man. I'm 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 too deep in the Kool Aid. I'm 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 deep in the Kool Aid while just like gasping for air. Like Dallas, help me, Dallas, help me, not pred for Chengdu. I, I want to box. What I'm going through, dude. Let me strategically box Yaskao. Okay, do you think they're gonna run the 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 Simme? Yeah, more. Yeah. Yes. Okay, then they yes, they, they just get slammed. <laughs> They can't. They can't. I agree. Uh, no, no, Joe, Joe, there's a caveat. If if Light Young runs Zarya, the they're going to TP on this. Light Young and just farm him. Sure. That will happen. I, yes, that does increase the surface area of the composition. They can just kind of. I, I think he you can, must play Diva. If, if Light Young doesn't play Diva, they are fucked. I think they you can go quicker. I think Good you luck. can play a higher tempo for Chengdu and get there before they jump on you because it is all predicated on the Sim TP. If you don't give them the time to Sim TP, you don't get an engage. No, that's incorrect. Chengdu are the masters of like slow grinding these. They're not fast and fire. They are slow grinding a fire, looking for minor advantages until they squeeze you out. Fire in and of itself to me is a very slow burning comp. It's not a fast comp. I agree, but I don't think that's how Chengdu wields it. I think they're the team that plays the fastest fire. Me personally, from what I've seen, I think they play the fastest fire, and I think you can leverage that on these specific like three in total, but no. I know it's it, it is a small sample size. I have to I have to see that ground. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that Chengdu has the best chances. I think they're situated in the right meta um, or the right composition within the meta uh, to beat the Dallas Fuel. I don't like what yeah. Dallas showed me versus Justice. I don't like the Genji look. I Here's, don't like the six man all in. I, I think Chengdu's I, there. I will meet you in the middle. Where okay, Yiska has zero faith in Chengdu. You have full faith in Chengdu. I will meet you both in the middle, and I have Chengdu losing to Feel, but then beating the Rain. Okay, that's what I have. Sure, bro. I think I th uh, I think the Rain might give them a harder time. But yeah, well, they got Kai first of all. Exactly. I think you. I think Atlanta can have the adaptation. Dallas can't. Dallas are kind of stuck here. And I think they're stuck versus both Chengdu and Shanghai. They're not in a good spot. Jessica, do you think Dallas are fucked versus Shanghai? Who do you have winning that? Uh, close. I think I have a 3-2. Um, or 3-1, probably. Uh, for oh, Shanghai. so in winner's round to two. Who? Shanghai. To who? Shanghai. Shanghai, yeah. And why do you think Dallas lose that? If you... I think is it just because you think Chengdu choke and Dallas and Shanghai are just a way better team? I think that's an meta read yeah, right is. now is better than whatever the fuel is running. Now I have a little bit of a curveball later on, but I think it, like it's not enough time, especially the, considering the travel uh, situation that Western teams have to go on mm. to adapt to this at that time of that match. Now, um, I think I, I'm. I'm not even 
too surprised if that one doesn't feel too close, even though I have it close. Mm. Um, which is not really that based on based. how these compo uh, compositions are going to run into each other, but more so on the on the qualities that these teams have shown, right? Uh -huh. um, but what I am interested in is like the bullshit that Joe has in the rest of the brackets. So you have Ch Chengdu winning, <laughs> and then... Yeah, I have Chengdu beating Fuel. Right. I have Shanghai beating Atlanta okay. in winner's round one. Yeah. Right? Shanghai yeah. play Chengdu. Shanghai beat them convincingly. Okay. okay. Uh, that puts Shanghai oh, in the wait, final. He's about to say Atlanta wins against Fuel, isn't he? No, no, no. I have, I have Dallas beating Atlanta. What's wrong with I, that? What's wrong with Atlanta beating Fuel? No. Nah. I, I, I think you can argue that Atlanta is a little bit more deep. Uh, you could argue that their brawl is a little better, even though they've kind of relied on some double shield looks that I'm not big on. Um, I think Dallas is the more coordinated team more consistently. Um, over the course of the season, they've shown me more consistency in results. Um, I probably should have given Atlanta maps, um, but I have uh, Dallas Fuel eliminating the Atlanta rain in uh, losers round one, three, zero. To schedule the Dallas Fuel Chengdu rematch where Chengdu beats them more convincingly. Um, and then Chengdu goes to the finals and loses. By the way, just like, as a hilarious error, Eric just put in the San Francisco Shock, which is <laughs> iconically yeah, so well. the only appearance Woo. the San Francisco Shock will have in a playoff bracket this time this season. Um, wow, you don't even have them at the end of year, damn dude, that's rough. I mean, not not in the <laughs> final four. Um, uh, sure. So I have. Oh, this is going to be brutal. I'm so sorry, Yiska. I have. So I have Chengdu being Atlanta. In the uh -huh. elimination game, and then I have Chengdu beating Fuel in the lower bracket. Yeah. Before then, Chengdu versus Shanghai for APAC 1 2 with Shanghai win. Oh boy. Bro. The NA slender in this. Like, I'm expected to deliver good prets, and there's like two devils on my shoulders. Like, the one just uh -huh. preaching Chengdu. He's so easily like, swayed, bro. bro. Because Who's I was hit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Who's swayed? Who me? Oh, just because easily swayed. We're both going like a pack, a pack, and he's like, "Man, I don't know what to oh, do with I all just... these NA stocks. Like, I, I got all these NA. You know, all these coaches are telling me that, I'm that is... Sim TP's the, okay. the play. Let me tell you. Let me tell you one thing right here. If the, I'm the one pick, I'm not confident. In. I think Joe, this is you're maybe on the same page. Sure. The one pred I'm not confident in is actually Chengdu at Rain. I think that could go. I think Rain could definitely win that one. Um, yeah, there are ways out, and that's what I will I, say. Yeah. I will say that if Chengdu can beat Rain in that lower bracket game, they have the capability to beat Hunt, uh, Fuel, which is why I have them then beating Fuel. That's the only, that's the real reason. To to be fair, Joe's bracket doesn't even have Atlanta playing the Rain, so. Um, they what Atlanta plays Atlanta themselves. playing the Rain. No, they play like because you said that Atlanta's going to lose against Shanghai, Fuel uh -huh. lose against Chengdu, so then they yes. go a lower bracket against each other. The yeah yeah. Atlanta loses, so they never meet the uh, Hunters. That Atlanta has a better chance of beating Chengdu than Field does. That's what Joe said. Right. Yes, but I, but in my bracket, I don't have them facing up, no. which is not strategic. But then I'm also saying that that's why I'm not confident in my Chengdu mm -hmm. versus Atlanta pick because I agree that I think Atlanta do have the a, a, a very very likelihood, a high likelihood of probably beating the Hunters. But I'm mm. I don't know. I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid, so I just. 
I printed in favor of hunters. I, I so, think yeah. something that is really highly undervalued, especially like in the take that Atlanta could be Dallas, is uh-huh. w- like Dallas is not the same Dallas at the start of the stage as they are at the end of the stage. Agreed. Agreed. So like I don't think and Atlanta doesn't improve at the same pace. In, in throughout the metas, if anything, sure. they look worse in tournament situations than uh, than they do in on NA soil, right? Like they lose steam in terms of building it up because um, we've seen them one time. I don't. know. I guess yeah, but um, yeah, I but don't who know. Who loses like, steam? Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, okay. Um, so that's just because Shanghai happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's who did they lose last time as well? They lost Let's against Fuel last time, right? In the joust. They, they didn't lose to against NYXL, so they must have lost against Dallas, yeah. No, they lost. Uh, they beat NYXL. They lose to Dallas. They lose to Shanghai. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Different meta, though. Yeah. Much different meta. Yeah. No. I, I think... mean, that, that's an acceptable result. I think that's not out of question. Oh, yeah, I, I, I see that. No. Yeah. Pretty normal. Like, once again, I, I'm not betting against the meta compos- or reads that these teams have, but the qualities that they have expressed. And I don't, like, I don't know what, what should have been figured out about the fuel that now doesn't count anymore. Um, like, my, in my no, mind. No, I, I agree. But I 100% agree with you. This is like, they have to return. Specifically versus Atlanta, I think it opens up the Simmei stuff. Like, it is a team that they've probably scrimmed against or played or had to have prepared for or sure. had them in the back of their mind, right? I think you can run like what you were going to run in NA anyways. That's the only team I think you can acceptably do that into. Yeah. Everything else is going to be in, in essence, not exactly, but in essence, a lot of what they ran in June Joust and in the May Melee. It's going to be a six-man all-in just like they showed you versus the Justice. Yeah. The Justice, what did they do on Route 66? They locked in Tracer, they locked in Genji, the Moira, and Lucio, if memory serves. And they just tried to run it down on them. Yep. Didn't work. Yep. Didn't work. Sombra is a little good at that. Yep. That's my problem. Jalus has holes that can be, you know, countered against. Like, you cannot... The re- I, I kind of almost see them running the Reaper again. Um, Maybe for comfort, I, I, I don't know exactly what they're, what they're going to run, and they don't have a ton of time to figure it out either, which is dangerous. Right. Yeah. And that sucks. I'd love to see them have the time to figure it out to go into this match, but it's not the world we live in. Also, because like, I think they are better than that. I think, theoretically speaking, like the pine card shouldn't be completely discarded. Like, theoretically, there is still a... a, a like agreed if I'm if the pine card is happening. played and it looks great then i will take that l on the chip yeah like I i'm will, not saying I will gladly it's take likely that. to happen it's like a probably a five percent chance it's sure. just not that surprising if it happens to me he's um, not even in hawaii like how what but he can play, play to, he can play from anymore. korea yeah why not yeah he just that's, what, that's what people see last time yeah i, don't know. <laughs> I Maybe agree it wasn't as high or like whatever right like yeah, I don't they, think it's ridiculous. I I don't think it's yeah. No. It's it's not crazy to say that if Chengdu is going to lean on this far as much as we think okay. they will, maybe Pine I'll comes out. Picture in the first game, Chengdu yeah. versus Dallas. Dallas go down zero and two, and they've been fined by Jimmu for two maps in a row. Bro, and if they, point, pff, I hope that pines, what are you doing? 
I hope that right now? Your parents sign? What's going on? Hmm. That, would, that would be insane. If they can reverse sweep the Chengdu Hunters by calling Pine up, you know, bro, yeah. like... I don't even care if I'm right at that point. Like that's just that's just drama, baby. Come on, you can't help but love that. Well, I'll let you know that Thank I you. felt I was right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. That's fine. I don't care at that point. All right. So uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like it's, I think, I don't know. I feel like you're both sipping to the Chengdu juice a little bit too much. I think they are ascribing a, a consistency to the team that they have never shown. Like, Agreed, one hundred percent. And that's basically. Right, people what... said that about Orlando before they showed up. Come on, like every every team has their moment. But I think I think that's ignoring the meta that we're in. Yes, they could just spaghetti it all and decide not to run Farah because they think Sombra's too good into like the Simme stuff. Uh, what is like I, based on what I saw versus Sol, based see? on what I information I got, I information I said that very loosely, but just like the minor bit of comms. That I became aware of, where they were talking about, like, "Hey, Jimu, you want to? You think Fire is good? Mm -hmm. Go Fire!" I, I think this is, as I said, this team definitely goes uh, so much so that during the cast, I think the Soul Chengdu one, I was like, "They're gonna go Fire here as soon as they get X and Y situation," and they did exactly that. I feel like I know this team really well in terms of what they want to do. Mm. That's why I said Fire is a priority, not an option. So I don't see this team dropping spaghetti. I think it's maybe a little bit presumptuous that they would just drop spaghetti just because um I, I don't think they're that dumb they can't be yeah i agree they've done some bizarre decisions in the past but i i i don't i don't see them doing it here i think it's a little too obvious and then the conclusion think... of what you said is that chengdu and shanghai and meet in the final and that's then yes one and shanghai because... give them the uh the business yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't give. I'd love to hear an argument fielded to argue against Shanghai not being not only the best team in the world at the moment, but like the benefactors of their own era. Shanghai liked to do not beat Shanghai. That's all I'm exactly. saying. I'm going to have in full carb all the way, baby. Um, yeah, I think the one spaghetti drop area that I will say that could that may and probably will happen in Chengdu is that Late Young will be on the wrong here. That is the most likely spaghetti drop be... area. Jimmu Fire, forget about that. That, to me, is not even yeah. a question. We'll play Fire. They will not drop that plate. The 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 Late Young plate is the one I worry about. Yep. And if is... they mismanage that, they will play can and we'll lose. Is overplaying Ameng an issue? Oh, fuck. There's that as well, no. isn't there? They, I don't think so. They, I don't... Hang on, Joe. You have to remember, Chengdu were very weird about when and where they were going to play Gaga instead yeah. of aiming I know. In, in their matchup. Yeah. And I felt like that was super weird. I think that there are is... certain points where like ball is tough to run. They both played ball. I know, you but you, you're running Gaga for the adaptability to be able to run anything like a Winston. Just play Gaga the whole time. Yeah. No I, reason I think that's. I think. <laughs> I think that's probably not going to see i think there's going to be a clear delineation i think when you see gaga the you want to cover all the options that the enemy team can throw at you so if they have something like soul ran um and you can correct me if i'm wrong um but i think soul was running enough like mid long range hit scan that i think you could warrant uh a winston um i think 
that's the reason why you see Gaga is because you want the breath just in case you want to throw that look at them. Whereas on control, why play Among at all? Then Gaga plays a ball anyway. Just play Gaga right. the whole time. Yep. I don't disagree with you, Joe, but that doesn't yeah. explain why. It's why they're playing Among? It's fan service. That's what it is. No, I can't. I, I can't. No. Really lost to Philadelphia. You cannot be doing that for fan service. That's a ridiculous. Bro, you guys have way too high standards for this organization. I swear to God. <laughs> no, no. This is the this. That's the difference between getting into the knockout yeah. into Hawaii. You. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't risk fan service for that shit. No. Dude, you want fans? When that's the biggest fan service you can do is by winning. Can we revisit the line that, that like the exchange between J uh, Jinmu and <laughs> Leaf? Like Leaf tells him, Leaf tells him not like what do you oh, think is the li most likely to win? It is what puts on Slander. the biggest show. That's how they're throwing things. Coffee at me. That's no. Now we're taking it too far. So what? He's going to ruin the head coach. Like do you want to put her in show? Fuck yeah, let's put it in. I'm sorry, that's not happening behind the scenes. Uh, I mean, I, I wish they were like that. I don't like see that. that's there some, being a more shit. reasonable uh, argument than that for the Aming Gaga case. I'm sorry. Uh, you have one guy specifically practicing ball yeah. and only ball. And he's still you have worse, one guy. And that's a crying shame, and you got to get him out of the league. <laughs> like, given, given I, I think I think you charge. can argue, but I think the logic still stands that if you have a main tank playing a field of picks and one tank playing one pick, yeah. you probably want to trust that the guy playing the one pick probably fits in the map that you're only asking one pick to be played. Debatable. Yes. I would tend to agree, but that's not how they have the team structured at the moment. So, bro, are we giving out hands. participation medals for the popular kids? Like, I'm. What? I don't disagree. The way that the team, the Chengdu Hunters, is structured is that they have Ameng play the ball maps where they only want to play ball, and everything yeah. else is Gaga's field. Being honest about something, the team that in the entire history of the Overwatch League that has been the most guilty of fan service has been fought by far the dallas fuel all the fucking sure. streamers they pick up to put on their teams okay start there <laughs> in the history of obviously hasn't even done that and you want to you want to stretch that amongst fan servicing right now that's that's the thing when dallas won't even play pine for fan service true they're the fan service fucking prime <laughs> the og no they could you you don't know maybe that again like you said maybe they go down oh two pine comes in like the undertaker at wrestlemania 89 and just you know pile drives the chungdu hunters off the top of the steel cage who knows could be i'm i'm ready for some fan service if that's the case i'm cool with that do well, we think I'm it's gonna happen though are you guys sure, for instance, that Fearless doesn't show up with a ball? Oh, my. Sorry. I don't know. The, just randomly, Discord is cutting off our audio. That's why yeah. I think it's fine now. You're good. You're good. I think he will. I think he can and will maybe perhaps try the ball, but they. Is that as good as Fate's ball based yeah. on Jun Jaws? No. Could he have improved since then? I guess, but he hasn't. He hasn't played ball this meta. I just haven't. So where where has he been? Where has he been secretly practicing here? I got the stat here. Dallas will have one percent play time on ball, yeah. Compared to forty percent Winston, fifty percent, fifty six percent Ryan, 
3% Arisa, mm-hmm. 1% ball. So where the fuck is this ball practice if he's going to bring it out? It's not I'll there. I'll tell you, Avril. I'll tell you where we've seen the ball. You know where we've seen the ball? In the preseason, where it belongs. No, in the garbage. We saw it in the... You know where we've seen the ball? We've seen it against Shanghai in the mirror matchup yes. where they lost. Yeah. You don't so have the time. If you were if you were to say, you know, we're gonna pro or we're gonna postpone this match and play it in a week, I'd be saying, okay, yes, Fearless might be able to, you know, tidy up the ball in time, bring it in, show a good performance. You don't have time unless they've been hiding strats through thick and thin through a uh, game five against the Washington Justice to get here. I do not see them playing ball. No. And I refuse to believe they've been scrimming it either, because if they were scrimming it, especially Dallas and they're actually winning, then the yes. NA coaches would have very different things to say about the meta. Correct. If Dallas was secretly winning with ball, they wouldn't be like, oh, APAC is so far behind. If they be whip saying, it out and they perform with it, I will be wrong. I don't care. The likelihood that that happens is not something I'm willing to bet on. Because, like, I'm not, I'm not too concerned, for instance, for Doha just, like, instantly snapping on this sombra right sure yeah i totally i'm confident i, I think he's sombra. yeah yep yeah that's fine yeah no spark you want to put tracer. on tracer fine i maybe his tracer's improved i don't know if it's got to be flitter level yet no flitter's tracer phenomenal the yes. stage i'm gonna be real he's pounding yeah yeah it, it's um, it's tough for dallas they're in a weird position they don't have a hit scan to deal with any kind of aerial threat they don't kind of have much else outside. Well, they do have a lot outside of that, but the problem is, is it doesn't match up well versus the Eastern style. It matches up great versus Atlanta, or at least it should. Uh, I, yeah. I have, and this is the only caveat I make, I have, if Chengdu lose Atlanta, I have Dallas beating Atlanta, and then we have a Dallas-Shanghai final again. Yeah, that's what I have. I agree with that. But, yeah, okay. I have Dallas winning that. Say what? You have Dallas dude, winning, dude. Here's the thing about these two teams. Did you say Shanghai was gonna win the final? No. Oh, you have Dallas winning the final. Yeah. Okay. Because I think late, late tournament adaptation in that day are possible, as as sort of like shown by Shanghai. Yeah. And I think whoever has to make the move second is screwed in the final whoever has to make the move so you mean the, the, last... the exact way that shanghai beat dallas last yes, time yes because jun joust was dallas gets has Chang- shanghai's number they get to the final shanghai mm-hmm. has figured something out about their place uh, and now okay. there's not enough time to adapt to that new iteration the adaptation yeah right you do just figure out so. okay these guys like it was reasonably really close they got just going to try to play it better what well, nope come out with a, uh, a new and improved style. I think I, I trust the Dallas Fuel and I trust Rush to have something similar. I, the problem is, like, this is not at all impressive um, to foretell because I have no idea what it could be. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, I <have> some <laughs> um, I'm, I'm interested. But continue. Yeah. No, like, I think the way this, bou- this matchup between them bounces around is favorable for them. I don't disagree. I just don't know what that that adaptation to the adaptation could look like. You don't need to know Avril. uncertainties. You can still I, be accurate. I, 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 agree. I, I agree. Cling. 
Okay. I, I think Sparkle forces the Doom and is good enough to make it work. Hmm. And the only reason you're about to say, well, what about the Lip Sombra? And that is a hard counter, but I think Doha also goes Sombra. And Doha yeah. and Lip go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, and then Sparkle just plays his game after Doha and, and Lip tie up in a 1v1. I don't hate that. My issue... Uh... I am go I am really stretching hard and looking deep into field and being like, okay, sure. what could they possibly... Let's be real. The legs ain't it. Please, no, please no one Sparkle Soldier's gonna... No, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> Not even, not even this. Do not yeah. say the way they beat Jimmy's Fire is because Sparkle goes Soldier. I'm sorry, that's not gonna work. That's yeah. probably their best bet, but no, their it's best not gonna work. Goes Fire. I'm not joking. The best bet is Sparkle goes Fire or goes I'm not Echo. Mad at that. I'm not mad at that's that. actually the way they beat Jimmy. So I'm sorry, Chengdu, but I've actually exposed the the counter. Um, <laughs> Mirror them. I'm not joking. Discord is still so have to deal with the ball. Yes, they have the balls. They don't have the ball. <laughs> um. All right. So we got everyone's preds. Then we're pretty locked in. Dallas. Everyone. Feels, I don't feel. I feel good and don't feel good. I feel strong about the Shanghai. Yeah. I don't feel good about my lower bracket. My lower bracket is not it's a comfortable. Gamble. It's I, it's dramatic. I still want to give Rain a win versus Chengdu, and then maybe a Fuel versus Atlanta win, and then a Fuel versus Shanghai final i still want to do that but I, I don't know man i i'm equally deep in the Chengdu source and also not completely convinced at the same time i'm 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 on the fence actually i agree if if Chengdu drops early to the fuel and have to play rain they could be eliminated at fourth i do believe that but i think that dallas game is going to be a lot closer than people expect that's why i have two three i have Chengdu going yeah. dropping two three to fuel yeah that's why i have it three two yeah, yeah. I don't feel good about my final. I feel pretty good about anything else. I think <laughs> it would have probably been more reasonable of me to just say like Shanghai beats Fuel for, uh, first time around. Probably do it second time around as well. And oh. that's just how it goes. I will also I don't say, any despite credit. me saying Doha goes Sombra and tries to match, and Doha in Sparkle goes does Doom and stuff. Lips Sombra has been so far beyond. I think he's leveled up beyond Doha. People yeah. used to be like, oh, Doha's the best. I'm sorry, but at the moment, I'm not convinced. The I'm question, convinced. Here's the question. It's way too far. Here's the question. What's more important for Sombra? Hitting five to six-man EMPs or hitting headshots and doing tons of damage while hitting zero EMPs? Like, um, He's improved. Zero EMPs. And ironically, getting zero EMPs. I'm not joking either. I'm, I'm yeah. full serious when I say that. I reviewed Lip today. Mm -hmm. And the way that he's playing EMPs is very particular. He doesn't care about getting big EMPs. No. They're playing for tempo. He is specifically targeting solo and duo EMPs yeah. on one or two players. Yeah. Very deliberately. Yeah. This isn't like whoopsies. I pressed Q and it missed. No, yeah. Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> no, no, I did I did a baddie. No, he's doing this on purpose. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. This is planned. It's it's a it's a weird shift away from a lot of teams because a lot of teams do go for the big like wide EMPs targeting a lot of people using that as a team fight winner um to to maximize the assignments but they they're not necessarily the going for it. Exactly. They want the that's it. They're using it in a different way so it looks worse but it's not worse because they're still winning the team fight. Everyone's like, oh, they they failed the EMP and they still won the yeah, team yeah, fight. No, what it means? Not... It's like, no, they won the team fight because they went yes. for a small EMP. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 
That's especially down to the ball uh, synergy, right? Like if I, I feel like I saw you reviewing it, and I felt like very often it was just about uh, around like uh, the the combination between fate and um, lip, just like finding a window where someone is out of position. You just EMP him, and now like the damage of these two is enough to take someone down. Mm -hmm. Overwatch first picks is just too strong, and that's why you, they win the big fights. I'm I don't hate it. I just I think there's there's a pretty like it feels like there's not that that high of a success range uh, at that particular strategy. I think they not necessarily don't need the EMPs always. I think the hack would uh, sometimes suffice. It feels a little bit like wasted value sometimes, but yeah. I well, I mean, you have to look at like, the mechanics of hack like that. Yeah, go ahead. Manual hack gets gets very easily canceled. Sure. Yes. The EMP is not as easily when your good. ball is on his balls. You know, like I saw specifically Lip go for solo EMP on Flora's tracer just to confirm that kill and get a six v five. Sure, you will it's never manually, will not manually hack that tracer. Sure, it's not going to happen. That's fair, you yeah, will yeah. EMP it. Yeah, yeah. It's more like when they're in, in backlines, like I don't know, against BAP or some shit. Like even then, like you have, I I trust these players to react to like a hack and then just throwing lamp and then surviving or. Um, even Zen's, like, the fact that Zen really Brig, it's tough to survive that. You have to kind of react instantaneously. If you try to, you like, hack into Zen isn't as good as EMP, obviously. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I just that small window, it, it really makes a big difference. Yeah. Cool. And it's weird, right. because Shanghai is probably the only team to do this, but, yeah, it's it's a weird decision make that they use... Uh, EMP the way that they do. They do. Also, the area that I, that I strongly believe that Chengdu cannot and will not match. They don't have a second powerful DPS after leave. And okay, yeah, Jimbo on the fire is great, but that's not going to be good enough when Lip's the fucking best hit scan in the world right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if there's one player that will shut Jimbo down that will actually shoot him, it's going to be Lip, yeah. and that's going to hurt. Um, Lip easily diffs both leave and Jimbo on the Sombra, and... I think Ball's competitive. I think either Fate or Gaga or Among they could all be pretty oh, really? good. Uh, Late Young's going to get diffed by Void. There's no question there. Um, and then the support line, like I think Nisha, Evolto, Mercy is great, but uh, as far as Lucio Brigham goes, that all goes to Lee gone. Um, and then, you know, Iziaki's been solid and compromising this entire season. I think Iziaki's one of their best players as well. So I don't know that Monk and... Um, uh, 1987 are going to be able to get there. So player quality wise, it's just it just fully goes over the way of Shanghai. Um, but I I'm pretty happy with with my finals. I think Shanghai win no matter what. Um, we're going to start closing out now. So any final thoughts from you guys on any of those things? Not particularly. Not particularly. I think that this is going to be. I. This is going to sound dumb, but I think because this is so stylistically opposed that it's either going exactly the way that Avril and I think, or it is just like we we have we could not be so wrong. figured out. We could be we are exactly right or we are so wrong. It's not funny. Yeah. Like it yeah. is comical how wrong we are. Like there is yeah. no in between. Yeah, like it well, is yes, that yes. foil. Oh, it could also be in the same boat. I'm not going to lie. To be fair. It could be so right. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I, Agreed. We. All the same boat. All, all I'm saying is like prepare for the for the you know meme where the left side is like Mistress Avril going like, "Honey, it's time to pray Chengdu again," based on like thinking they're entirely consistent the entire time, and the right side is also Avril just going, "Yes, honey." 
That's you guys basically have like. I, Why are you talking on me? Joe's friends <laughs> chose me way harder. I'm I'm like still on the fence on some things. Joe's like, yeah, oh, it's definitely. You, baby, let's go. Why are you targeting me? The thing is, like, yeah. Uh, to to be fair, like, he's scarred. You know how long I've been I've been like around this kid just doing Chengdu Bob stuff. Like, it's it's sort of to be like that's just how Joe eventually operates. Like, he tries to get away with it with some bullshit. Like, oh, objectivity. No, no, no. Eventually, he will continue to being the China stand. And unfortunately, it came out this I'm stage. Because they gave him an ounce of hope, and he took them for all they're worth. I'm super objective, by the way. I'm <laughs> mega objective, and if I truly <laughs> believe that NA had it, I would, I would back them 100%. Agreed. Uh, Same here. That's my approach. But... I'm, all, I'm all for a Chengdu pick, but if, if you show me something that's just going to wallop them, then I'll, I'll pred you. I haven't seen that from the West. I see a lot of good from, from Chengdu specifically. Yeah. So last two things, because I know people say like, "Oh, they didn't talk about this." Damon, Shanghai coach, cool. He's part of. He was there for summer showdown. I'm sure he's doing great stuff. Uh, as with always, in terms of coaching, no one knows what the fuck the coaches do anyway. So who really knows what that's about and what you know what's going on there? No one knows. Uh, that's the truth. Um, and then Kaylee on two way, probably expected. They've stopped playing Kaylee for a long time now. I expect it'll be Coy and Eileen to close out the season, and I don't think uh, Charge pick up another player. Nope. Once nope, again, nope. the great mystery: who actually coaches Hangzhou or Guangzhou? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So weird to see so many departures and no, not enough, you know, guys coming in. Uh, just do, just have a player-led team, right? Oh yeah. Rio is now the Rio is now the Rio's coach the and now Kareem. I don't know. It's it's a player-led team now. Hey, it worked for Atlanta for a short sure. while, you know. Uh, did it or did they so, change when Hunter came in? No, I'm talking about old Just Atlanta for, from like yeah, right. two, maybe. Yeah, like way exactly. back. This is from uh, when Dustin Bauman, Bog Dogman, was telling his stories about when they swapped to player coaching because they weren't confident in their coaching calls, and so they did what they wanted to, and it started working, and then they went back to coaches that started failing again. Hmm. Um, he said that verbatim. Well, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, oh, he, I know, he, I know. publicly. Yeah. But um, anyway, guys. I'm looking forward. It's going to be a good, good uh, weekend of games. Yeah. I'll be running my co-stream again. I'm looking forward to the matches. I'll be waking up for them. Um, it might be an awful time for Yiska. I think it'll be a reasonable time for Joe. He's a bit of a gremlin, so who knows? Um, it is a very exciting weekend because this is going to be tight. I was not super excited about June Joust just because I hated the meta we were going in, but I, I genuinely love this meta right now. So no matter who wins, it'll be great games, and I'll thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, how things go and then we'll have lots of fun next week for episode 184 when we get to break down and do a bit of a post-mortem and have a laugh at how wrong people were and i'm sure one two three maybe who, who maybe knows all of us are going to be extremely wrong and comically off but uh there's all that to look forward to and more next week same time thanks for joining us for episode 183 catch you next week